Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Coffin Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me, as always, is my good friend, King Night Asp, Richie. <laughs> What's up? What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How's your week been? It's, you know, uh, happy that it's the weekend. It's, it's just been a, a long week, uh, just work, you know, adulting, but, uh, yeah, glad it's the weekend. Looking forward to going to the Cardinals game on Sunday and, uh, hopefully watching them win for the first time in who knows how long I missed the Saints game when they won and I haven't seen them win in Phoenix since 2019 probably. So it would be awfully nice to see them beat Seattle on Sunday. That is true. That would be nice. The two yeah. wins at home in a row? What's I know, crazy. I'm asking for a lot, man. I'm asking for a lot. It's it's crazy talk. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah. It's been a, you know, it was a fun week uh, with the trade deadline. Lots lots to talk about today, so I'm uh, I'm excited to to be here and and excited to get your feedback on on some of them moves. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure, I will. Uh, I will definitely be letting you know. Um, <laughs> what I want to do at the top of the show instead of at the end for everybody listening is mention that our Discord is live. You can go to discord.me/slash/coffincorner. That's discord. Discord.me/slash/coffincorner. I'm topic, typing it in right now. And there it is. If you go to discord.me slash coffin corner, you can join our Discord, uh, which will update all of you guys on when we're streaming, if there's changes to the stream, when new episodes come out, when we drop the YouTube videos, and we'll just talk about football in there. So if you are not in there, that is how you get there, and we would love to see you guys there. So there you go. Awesome. Yeah, we got a, we got a couple of people in there, a nice little community starting to grow. It's always nice to... Get like-minded people together just to talk sports. I, I, I mean, we sit here and do it for hours on Friday night, and I can sit in Discord and do it for hours any day. For sure. Well, next up, we've got some players that maybe we watched in college that aren't getting talked about enough right now, and that because maybe they're not living up to um, the hype. Maybe they just haven't had the chance for the recognition or the chance to break out, but... The top five for this week is the top five younger players. And I myself, when I did this, I went from the 2020 draft, the 2021, and the 2022. Those were where I looked uh, for players. But anyone probably in the league five years or less, I'd consider younger still. So top five younger players you want to see break out and get recognition. So uh, let's do it. I don't even think we had any of the same ones, so that'll be... Fun. We didn't because I, I went about it a little different. I wasn't thinking so much about people I watched in college. Uh, you know, when you said younger players, I just thought of, all right, who's who are like the players I see becoming stars or I want to become stars? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I went, you know, you, you went more of a deep dive and, and I like some of the players on your list. Um, I went with more players that people may know if you're a football fan, but I don't think they're considered stars of the game. Um, but you know, hopefully this time next year, we'll be talking about that differently. Absolutely. So we shall see. 
Uh, some some of these guys, given the right opportunities, I feel like they would be just fine. But I think so. I that's think kind so. of the thing that happens with some of these players when they're drafted to a good team already. They're <laughs> they're sitting behind already good players, which wastes those those formative years for the NFL, I guess. Something yeah. Yeah, I agree, and it's funny because I, when I was when I saw your number five, um, it, it actually reminded me of another running back in that room um, that I that I was hoping was going to break out, and now looks like he may not even get a chance. So why don't you go ahead and talk about your number five? So my number five is Zach Moss of uh, drafted by Buffalo, uh, played at Utah. I remember watching him play because I am a I'm an Arizona out in the desert, and we're Pac-12 country here. So watching uh, Zach Moss at Utah play in college, he was really, really good. Like crazy. Over 300 yards a game, it seemed like. And so when he got to the league, I remember thinking that he was going to do really well, but he went to Buffalo, and he kind of was stuck behind a guy. He, I don't know why he didn't beat him out. I'm sure he had the opportunity, David Singletary, but – Zach Moss never uh, lived up to that hype there in Buffalo. He's now in the Colts sitting behind someone way better than David Singletary. So that would be, you know, Jonathan Taylor. So I don't know that we'll ever see Zach Moss be anything more than a backup, but he is one that I wish had got a a chance to start a season somewhere. Yeah, I remember when he got drafted and – I really thought he was going to beat us, Devin Singletary, by the way. I really thought he was going to beat him out pretty easily. Dead and dead. then um, never never really did. Had a couple opportunities. They, they seemed to be splitting it. And then this year, Devin Singletary was, was ahead of him. Um, I, I thought of James Cook at first, the rookie this year. Because when they drafted him, you know, he's Dalvin Cook's brother. He was great. I think he went to FAU. So it was like, oh, okay. They... They, they, Devin Singletary never really broke out. Zach Moss never really broke out. I thought, well, maybe James Cook would. He didn't. Didn't really do much to start the year. And then they went and traded for Naheem Hines. So now James Cook is, as a pass catcher, sitting behind Naheem Hines, who's a fantastic pass catching back. So, yeah, Buffalo just, just collecting a lot of running backs that you think, like, oh, man, in the right situation, these guys could be huge. But, yep. uh, yeah, I uh, – yeah, I, I like Zach Moss in college too. I remember, you know, we we always follow the Pac-12 being out here on the West Coast, so that mm-hmm. was a name. Uh, that was a name we all knew. Um, so my number five is also a running back, uh, Javante Williams from Denver. I loved this kid last year. Watching him in in preseason last season, um, watching him play last season, breaking tackles. He looked like he could become a a stud running back. I was all in for him. I drafted him our dynasty league last year, like planned to make him a feature of my running backs. And, and then he goes and tears his ACL in, in like week four or five this season, which, which sucks. Um, I I'm hoping he can come back from that injury. I mean, that's a pretty nasty injury to come back from, but, but running backs have done it. James Robinson, Adrian Peterson. So there, you know, he could still come back and, and hopefully become that, that, you know, the next, I not you know next Jonathan Taylor Derrick Henry type the guy that when you talk about running backs in the NFL I was hoping he'd become that guy where it's, he's right up there with them but season got cut short so I have to wait and see for next year I just I like the way he runs he's just he's a physical runner and yeah man watching him is just so much fun um, I'm hoping he he comes back healthy yeah it's crazy because he, they really 
you would think with Melvin Gordon behind him, that would be kind of a death knell for him because Melvin Gordon, before he got to the Broncos, was a big name. But the reason he left the left to go to the Broncos is because he kind of fell off. And I don't see him overtaking Javante even when he's coming back from injury. So when he's healthy, he'll be back to number one. So I was surprised Melvin Gordon was on the team this season to begin with. Like he was on the team last year and, and then he became a free agent. No one else wanted him. So he just re-signed with Denver. And then Nathaniel Hackett being the absolute genius coach that he is um, played <laughs> uh, Melvin Gordon way too much. Like just give the ball to Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, oh yeah, hopefully next year Melvin Gordon will be gone somewhere else and, and Javante can just be the uh, the number one guy. But but then again, who knows? Because they, they also now have uh, Chase Edmonds on uh, on yeah. Denver. So who, who freaking knows? But yeah. Who's right, also who you kind through? of young. So He is, yeah. He is still kind of young. Uh, my next guy is LaMichael Pirine, running back for the Jets. He was selected by the Jets from Florida. Now he's on the Dolphins, the Dolphins' backfield that's not solidified. So he was kind of lost between Michael Carter and uh, who's the other one the Jets have? Brees Hall. No, the one he was there last year. It was, it was Michael Carter, P. Ryan, and there was a third one on the Jets, and P. Ryan was like the third behind those two. I forget oh, who it is. yeah. Who was – he was um... – He's an older guy. Tevin Tevin Coleman, Coleman. yeah. Yeah. So P. Ryan never really got a chance there in uh, on the Jets. So it's nice to see him going to the Dolphins though. See what he can do. But I remember him his uh his rushing. I remember watching him rush in college. I thought he was really good. Is he related to Samaj P. Ryan? Or is that just a coincidence? I think he's related. Yeah. I, I always forget. Um, I just remember Samaje from his days in, in DC. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that's another guy that just getting buried because like, they drafted Carter last year and then Brees Hall this year and, and Brees Hall looked like a beast. Um, and then he goes to Miami and they had Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and then they add yeah. Jeff Wilson and it's yeah. just, yeah, man. I mean, it's running backs is tough. Like it's, there are so many running backs out there. Um, yeah, there are, it's crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> And it's the, the big names that you know are the ones that you usually end up being um, lost in the shuffle. Like, they never really pan out. And then the one in, like, the, the fifth and the sixth and the seventh rounder guys that go to – you know them because they played in the college in your state, but everyone else in the country doesn't know who they are. They end up good. Yeah. Like Rashad yeah. White. We know who he is from ASU, but nobody else does. And he's fighting like crazy to play in Tampa Bay. Even though Fournette's doing – really well this season somehow Rashad White is getting plenty of playing time too so I don't know well and there's Crazy. you know you can watch a running back in college that goes off for 200 yards or or runs for 20 touchdowns in a season and then they you know they're a fifth round pick and they go to a team that already has two established running backs like it it's really tough like there are some you know I can't think of any off the top of my head but I just know that there are running backs um you know especially in, in like the Pac-12 or uh, Big Ten, like places like that, that don't get as much press. That you know, they they're good running backs, and then they just get buried somewhere, and it's a shame. Yep, it's a shame. But uh, um, so getting off running backs for for now, we'll all come back to one later. Uh, my number four is actually Chase Claypool. I 
I loved him his rookie year. I had him in a fantasy league, and his 10 touchdowns helped me make the playoffs. I don't think I won the league, but still, I appreciate what he did for me. And then you talk about getting buried, and that guy, I mean, between Deontay Johnson, um, you know, Antonio Brown for a while, and then then uh, Pickens this year, like, he just kept getting buried. And, and going to Chicago, uh, you know, it's, it's not – a huge upgrade at quarterback. It's probably, if anything, a lateral move at this point. But he is their receiver now. I mean, Darnell Mooney is is good, but he's not a number one guy. Chase Claypool now has the opportunity to be a number one receiver and and be a target monster and get all that opportunity. And I'm I just like to see him break out. I know Chicago's not the the place that receivers break out, so <laughs> you know it's not like the guy's gonna gonna be you know catch two thousand yards and twenty touchdowns, but um, just as far as, as getting the opportunity to shine there, um, I'm excited to see what he does with that. I mean, you're talking about Justin Fields should be looking for him on every play. The guy's the most talented player on that offense now. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I liked Claypool in Pittsburgh, and now he's on a team I can root for. So I, I, I like that even more. Well, they'll be playing the Lions soon, so he'll get his chance. Nah, Jeff Okuda's going to shut him down. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about young players – getting recognition how about your boy the barracuda he's having a good year i'll say he's already breaking out is that his nickname the barracuda because if not i'd like to coin that i don't know but i've always called him that <laughs> have you maybe that's why i got it from <laughs> i still I like to we, coin it one or I like the to other take of, it from you one or the other of us said it the day he was drafted i remember so <laughs> it's just so easy that's why yes exactly well everybody's got galladay in you've got yes Barracuda, you've got uh, don't hassle the hawk. No, you don't have that anymore. Well, <laughs> used to. Well, you don't have Galladay in either. Yeah. But maybe if we did, he'd still be good. Uh, Kadarius <laughs> Tony is my number three um, wide receiver for the Giants. Never sees the just could never find the field for some reason. He's now on the Chiefs. So he's in a very good situation if he can figure out how to not be hurt all the time. But on a, I remember his senior year, the year before he got drafted, on a team that had Kyle Pitts, he still almost had 1,000 yards, 70 catches, and 10 touchdowns. The guy was ridiculously good in, in his final season in college, and that's why he was drafted in the top 10. And uh, I think he was top 10 or top 20. But Yeah, I think he was, he was in the 20s. Let me see. I think I'm thinking like 16, 17. Now that I'm thinking about it, but yeah, he's he was he was a really good receiver. So I'm hoping on the Chiefs, where no one's really breaking out, he has a chance if he gets healthy. Twentieth, he was twentieth. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's, um, he's Schuster's not doing. He's on again, off again. Uh, the guy from Green Bay. Valkis, Valdez Scantling. Valdez Scantling. Dude, I gotta. Sorry I to interrupt, know. but I gotta tell you this story about Valdez Scantling because if we if we had made this list um, a couple years ago, like when he was in his first or second year, he would have been on my list because I remember watching the combine mm. uh, when he was on there and not having any idea who he was. No, you know the the combine they don't have the names on the jerseys. I just mm. remember I kept seeing his like the same number, and I'm like, man. 18 is so good. Who is that? And then I finally looked it up and it was him. And I'm like, man, I'd love to see him come to one of my teams. He ends up going to green Bay. 
unfortunately never really broke out there. Um, I was, I thought maybe in, in Kansas city with the opportunity he would, he just, he looked so like physically gifted at the combine. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why the, uh, why he hasn't really reached the heights, but um, yeah, that he would have been on my list at, at this point. I, I gotta say, I don't see him breaking out this late in his career, but Hey, maybe he does. <laughs> but yeah, Tony, I mean, the chiefs, they need somebody to break out. Like Juju, I thought would, uh, Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore is not doing anything. Um, McCole Sky Hardman Moore will like probably they... always be a kick returner. That's my yeah. guess for Sky Moore. I don't think he'll ever be like a forty catch receiver. I think he'll just always be a there the guy that makes the roster to be the returner. Which is which is fine, but didn't they take him in like the third round? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Kadarius Tony does have a lot of opportunity to to shine in Kansas City. They desperately need someone to step up and um be a consistent weapon. Besides Kelsey, of course. So Yeah. You can't have your tight end doing everything. Yeah. So. Uh, my number three, I also went receiver. I went with Chris Olave from Ohio State, rookie this year. He's had some good games, but with Michael Thomas now out for the season, and in my opinion, probably done in New Orleans after this year, I think Chris Olave has a chance to be, you know, a star there. Uh, he was awesome at Ohio State. I really wanted Washington to take him in the first round to pair with his old teammate, Terry McLaurin. They didn't. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's got a, a huge opportunity. And now with New Orleans desperately needing a new top receiver, they also need a quarterback, but that's beyond the point. Um, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a huge opportunity. And I just really loved watching that kid at Ohio State. He was, he was so freaking good. Listen to these stats. This is crazy to me for Chris Olave. Between his sophomore and junior year. His junior year, he only played in seven games. His sophomore year, he played in 13 games. Sophomore year, 48 catches. Junior year, 50 catches. So he had two more catches in seven games than he had 13. In the 13 game season, he had 840 yards. In the seven game season, he had 729. 12 touchdowns in the 13 games, seven in the seven. The... A touchdown a game, basically. Yeah, ridiculous. And then the senior year, he just went crazy. So yeah, he would have been a nice one for the the. I the, yeah, the you know, and I remember reading something about like Terry McLaurin was really hoping to to work with him again. Like, and we went receiver anyways, mm-hmm. but we traded back and got more picks, and some of those picks ended up being Sam Howell. Um, and the, uh, the guy who ends up being number one on this list, no spoilers. So the <laughs> trade back worked. Josh, Do- uh, jo- Josh Dotson. I, I always, I always mess up him and Dotson, the, the receiver he drafted in 2016. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Josh Dotson or however it's pronounced looks good if, if he can get back on the field when healthy. Um, but Olave, yeah, loved watching him in college. Loved what I've seen from him in New Orleans so far. And now with Michael Thomas out, uh, yeah, that dude should be should be a stud. All right, my next one is Trey Sermon, who was drafted by the 49ers out of Ohio State. And I remember watching him in college. Ridiculously good. Um, he just... Ran people over. 
Yeah, really that was surprised to see in the in the on the 49ers who made every running back on that roster at one point a brand name that somehow Trey Sermon did never was one of them. Yeah, that was a weird circumstance last year because I remember he was a third round pick and I forget I think their starter at the time was supposed to be Mostert or and he was hurt or still so like week one it was okay well Trey Sermon should should you know get the get the nod and and you know he hopefully can can take this job but then all of a sudden Elijah Mitchell who's a fifth round pick they're like no he's gonna start he runs for like a hundred yards. And he's going to be backed up by, what's his face? Jeff, Jeff Wilson? Wilson. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Elijah Mitchell kind of took that job and ran with it last year. And, and Trey Sermon, I, I don't know. And, and then they, they, I think they cut him and then the, and then the Eagles or signed him or did they trade him? I don't remember, but it's like for a third round pick to fall out of favor that quickly. I mean, yeah. that's just, I wonder if like, he's just not an NFL halfback. Hey, right, it, yeah, could be, could be. I yeah, but I I was rooting for him last year mostly because I I had drafted him in a couple fantasy leagues. So <laughs> yeah, well, if you think he's gonna be the starter at the beginning of the season, yeah. it makes sense. Why he's not? Curr- he's currently fourth on the Eagles, so I That's don't know that he'll too. ever get the chance because he's and the, and the Eagles Miles Sales, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, both doing really well this season. Yeah. Their third string, Boston Scott. Yep. Then you have Trey Sermon. So there was a game a couple weeks ago where the Eagles ran for four touchdowns, and each running back had one, plus Jalen Hurts, and Trey Sermon couldn't even get on the field. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's crazy. I don't know what's going on with that situation, but um, I, yeah, again, I remember watching him in college, um, and I, yeah, I was, I thought that dude was going to become a beast in the NFL, but who knows, man? Who's the who's the the running back that they they had? Master Teague. Is he still at the school or or did he go somewhere? I don't know. I gotta look that up. I just well, it says I, Master I'm look, I'm on uh, sportsreference.com looking at college stats. Master Teague, it says he was a halfback from nineteen to twenty one to twenty twenty one. So he's done. He's out of college. Uh oh, he signed with the Bears as an undrafted free agent on May sixth, twenty twenty two. Waived three days later. Signed with the Steelers. Uh, placed on injured reserved on August 18th and released on August 24th. So he's he's a free agent. Um, yeah, I just I he he wasn't like a, a big stud in Ohio State. I, I just remember that name, Master Teague. Like yeah. it always made me think of the Jedi every time. I was like, oh, he's he must be a Jedi Knight. all right uh my number two i i took this one from you i would have assumed this guy would have been on your list um aiden hutchinson from the lions i i just love the story of a local kid went to school in michigan gets to play for the the detroit has been looking pretty pretty good so far and and for a team that needs a leader on defense and a face of the defense um, I, I'm really hoping that guy can continue to develop to become like, you know, Washington has Jonathan Allen, Arizona had, um, well, Chandler Jones. On his name. thank you. Had Chandler Jones for a while. Like every, you know, you need a, a, a leader, somebody to rally the defense and, and I'm hoping Hayden Hutchinson becomes that guy for Detroit. Well, see my eyes when I watch football, right? When we're on defense, the, the people you watch, 
most of the time. Most of the time because that's where the camera angle is and you don't get to see the secondary as much unless they're in the frame. You watch the defense, right? So yeah. having a player on – or not the defense. You watch the defensive line. So having a player on the defensive line that your eyes are drawn to every single play to see if he can get the sack, which is what happens with Aiden Hutchinson for me because he's always – pulling some kind of swim move, spin, you know, a, uh, a switch to go around a lineman. Like, he's always doing something and getting close to the quarterback. He has five sacks this season, um, which is pretty good for a rookie. Unfortunately, all five have come in two games, but he's he's fun to watch. And I, I'm excited for the fact that we get to watch him for a long time. So Yeah. And the best part is... I love it seems like every game he limps off the field. But he has never he hasn't missed a game yet and he's on the field for every play. Even when you think he's hurt. So just, just like Stafford. I love the the resilience uh him and Rodrigo are my two favorite. That's another one that my eyes are drawn to because Rodrigo being that's Malcolm Rodriguez if you don't know, but Rodrigo is the linebacker, right? And he's always he's like a a run stopping linebacker and he does it well so between Hutchinson and Rodrigo those two very excited about I got a couple more I could talk about on the Lions see yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I I got one now go ahead (laughs) so the next one is is a deep dive as a Lions fan no one's gonna know who is I also put him on here because he was he's from Arizona State that is seventh round pick cornerback Chase Lucas. Um, a lot of people actually probably know who he is if you watched um, Hard Knocks. Well, Hard Knocks, but he was—he's uh, the cornerback that always was kept asking his coach or telling his coach, "He's like, I feel like I'm going to be great, coach," and he kept telling him, "You know, well, we'll see if you can do something, maybe, you know, that type of thing." But uh, he looks really good. Um, on a team where cornerbacks I thought were really good look really, really bad. I'm looking at you, Aura Warrior. You, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say that. I'm, I was, was going to say, you you loved him um, he just a couple garbage. weeks ago. <laughs> He's so bad. Get him off the field. I wish he would not even see the field anymore. That guy gets burnt every week. He is so bad. I don't know what happened between last year and this year, but he can't play. I don't know what happened. Jerry Jacobs, stop being injured. Get on the field. Kick him off. Chase Lucas, give him a chance. I don't care. I really, I, I really want to see Chase Lucas do well. For a as seventh Chase round pick, Lucas, has he played um, at all this year? I just want to check his stats to see if he's if he's got. He's been on the field. I know he's played uh, nickel a few times. He has I don't one know if tackle. He has stack. There you go. Yeah. So. He doesn't get a lot of snaps. Looks like uh, this year he's got five snaps total. Yeah, that's a shame. uh, But following, like, Lions Twitter like I do all throughout the game, you always know when he's in because everybody mentions it. They're like, oh, Chase Lucasen, let's go. So It looks like he uh, is out for Sunday's game hurt. That's a shame. You know, and for a team that's one in six, like, that's – you should be playing as many young – 
you know, to figure out what you have in, in these players. Um, so yeah, that's, I like that one. I, I'll be, I had, I had no idea he was on the team and I probably on draft day, I, I probably saw it and was like, Oh cool. ASU kid going to Detroit. And then completely forgot. Cause you know, he's a seventh round pick and doesn't play. So. Here's um, one. Hey, I'll do you one better. One you do recognize. Okay. Jamo. Oh, of Jamison Williams. <laughs> I want to see him yes. break out. I want to see him I, on the yeah. field. I'd like to see him become like a, a top five receiver in the NFL. That was another kid that in college, like everybody oh, knew him. And then when he got hurt, it was a shame. And going to Detroit, again, you want to talk about opportunity. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown's awesome, but you throw Jamo across from him. Mm-hmm. And all those TJ Hawkinson targets now are up for grabs. Yeah. I, I Well, and that kind of leads me to my number one because I wanted to cheat and just say everyone on Washington because we know our teams, we know the players, and like I can name a ton of the younger players on the team that I want to break out so bad. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Chase Young comes to mind, and it's crazy to think that I want Chase Young to break out. But what has he done since his rookie year? Not much. Got hurt. Sit on the bench. Seen them all. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's like, all right, Chase, come back and be the beast you were supposed to be. Uh, Montez Sweat, he was a first-round pick. He's he's shown flashes, but he's been up and down. Cole Holcomb is a linebacker I love. Uh, he has a mullet. He's just a run-stopping badass, and I want him to, you know, stay with the team first of all. And I want him to become our Mike linebacker. Like he just, I just love the guy. Cam Curl, safety. Um, but I I wanted to I'm narrow over. it down to one. I am over long-haired players. Pasta Man has ruined it for me. <laughs> All right, that's fair. But I, <laughs> but did Pasta Man have a mullet? It was only no. long in the back. <laughs> it's just long blonde yes. hair. Oh no, short part. Yeah, short in the front, party in the back, or whatever it is. Business in the front, party. Business in the, back. In the front, party yeah. in the back. Let's that's uh, it's awesome. But anyway, so I narrowed it down to one, and I've talked about him before. Brian Robinson. Not just because the story of, of getting shot right before he was going to be named the starter and then coming back. And, I mean, that's just incredible to come back five weeks after getting shot in the knee. Um, I just, I love the way he runs. He, he's a he's a tall, um, bruising kind of running back. Uh, you know, we've got J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson, which are more pass catchers. Brian Robinson's more of a short yardage, in-between-the-tackles guy, which I enjoy. And I just, as a as a... Fan of Smash Mouth, run first football. I, I desperately want Washington to have a running back that can carry the ball 20 times, get us 100 yards and a touchdown, put the game out of reach in the fourth quarter by extending drives. Like, I, I just, I want that type of running back so bad. I hope he develops into it. He's he's played uh, three games now, I think, since he came back, three or four. Um hasn't hasn't shown flashes of of incredibleness yet but he's he's has been pretty consistent the problem just boils down to our our very bad offensive line which i'll talk more about when we talked about last week's game all right makes sense to me i like you're talking about between the tackles runners mixed with uh more outside the tackles catching running backs between Gibson and Robinson. I actually kind of like that. I like the way that that's been working for the Lions because Jamal Williams is that guy right up the middle, and it's working. And Swift, when he's in, 
his pass catching ability and running to the outside and breaking tackles because it's it's a good combo especially when people decide they want to be hurt all the time when you have to go one way or the other it's perfect so my only worry with that is if you if you solely you know if you have all right brian robinson's between the tackles antonio gibson is pass catcher or run to the outside kind of gives away the play of what's coming when depending on what running backs in um so as long as they're mixing it up and like you know yeah, each one has their strengths, but yeah, and Antonio Gibson does, you know, they'll run him between the tackles, and Brian Robinson has caught a couple passes, so I just, you know, I, I see teams with guys like Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, and um, I, I mean, it, it'd be nice to have a guy like Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, who can do both, um, but That's if I had to choose, I'd rather have the guy that when it's fourth and goal at the half-yard line, the big-bodied running back that can go get it. So think of think of it this way, right? When you're, when you, ha- if you have that one guy that does it all, how many of those guys actually stay healthy for long periods of time over oh, multiple rare. seasons? Yeah. yeah the only rare. one I can think yeah. of right now is Derrick Henry. And he was healthy last year. <laughs> it's true. I completely yeah. forgot about that. So, yeah. like, you know, having this two running back system, having two two really good ones as opposed to one that just game-breaking, it actually is helpful. I used to hate it. Like, I, I've always been – when we play Madden, I just want one guy to touch the ball the entire game. Don't Stop putting anyone else in. Right. I want him to have all I'm the stats. the same way. I want him to have all the accolades. That's the way it works for me. But in real life, it's come to find out I'm actually – I actually do like the, uh, the two systems. Well, and it does, like, when I watch it in action, it makes, you know, you the running backs don't get worn out as bad. Like, I think it was the Bears game where Antonio Gibson in the second half that came out in the first drive and, like, started breaking off runs and catching passes because he was fresh. He didn't do much the first half. So yeah. it's like, hey, that's that's not a bad way to do it. So it, it makes sense. It's just, you know, if if I had my way, Brian Robinson would become the next Derrick Henry. That's, that's why he's my number one. <laughs> I know yeah. it's unrealistic, but... That that is my dream, um, <laughs> but you know we'll see. <laughs> we shall see. All right. So first thing we're gonna talk about this week before we get into Thursday night uh, four player we cover week eight, we want to talk about the trade deadline because that was the big news this week. Trade deadline was Tuesday at one p.m. Pacific time, four p.m. Eastern time, um, and it was nuts. Uh, I think Tuesday alone was pretty freaking crazy. I think yeah, we talked I about last somewhere. week's trades. We did. We talked about crazy James Robinson, Kadarius Tony. Yeah. Um, I think I saw a stat that said that there were 10 trades on Tuesday, which was the most on trade deadline day in like nine years or something like that. So, I mean, it was it was a pretty nutty day. Um, so, we'll go through them. Let's start off. Bradley Chubb from Denver to Miami uh, for Chase Edmonds, a first and a fourth. Uh, now... Just, just to be clear, some of these picks are conditional picks. I didn't, I didn't note that because I wasn't going to go into what all the conditions are. Um, right. So, but yeah, so Chase Edmonds goes from Miami to Denver, where now he can join Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams when he gets healthy. And uh, who's the other guy they've got? Mike, Mike Moore is that his name? I don't know. Mike Boone. Mike uh, um, not going to work here anymore. That's yeah, for sure. Mike uh, doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, so big for Miami. I mean, they 
they've already got the offense that's that's lighting it up. They you know they add a, a great pass rusher to their defense. They then signed him to an extension too, so he's gonna be there for a while. Mm-hmm. For Denver, they get uh, a first round pick and uh, I mean they they look like they're rebuilding or at least selling off a, a pretty good piece of their team for a team that was. Uh, projected to contend for the division to then be selling off a huge piece like that, I, I thought was kind of interesting. But, uh, I mean, great move for Miami, man. Yeah. I'm look, I look at Chubb's stats. Like, that's a name you hear a lot. Chubb this, Chubb that. The guy doesn't play a lot. Like, his... 2018, when he was drafted, he played 16 games. 2020... He played 14 games. Other than that, he's played 11 games total over the next two seasons. He's he's in all eight this year, but I don't know, man. That's a lot. If I were a Dolphins fan, I'd be very wary of uh, if he's going to play every other season because that seems to be the the going rate for Bradley Chubb right now. So I I don't know. Maybe he'll be good to go there, but... I think first is a lot to give up for him. Yeah, I mean, he's only 26. He's he's shown that he can be a pretty disruptive force. And I think for a team like Miami, when they're going to be picking in the, the you know 20s at least, maybe late, they'd rather have a known commodity than an unknown commodity. Yeah. Um, I know, yeah, like you mentioned, he has had health issues. So if that pops up again, yeah, that's going to suck for them. But... Um, you know, when you're in win now mode, which Miami seems to be, they don't, they don't care about draft picks. They, it's like the Rams, you know, they don't care about draft picks. They just want the the players. So I get the move. Well, my team has been bad forever. So when we trade draft picks, I really get annoyed. (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm honestly the same way. I love to get draft picks. Um, because give them to me. Do not uh, get rid of them. Yeah, I do that. I do that in Madden all the time. I'd rather be like, "Oh, you're 78." I'd rather get a third round pick for you. Um, <laughs> you know, because hey, you never know. It's it's like it's the mystery box. You know, yeah, the mystery box effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a 78 yeah. linebacker, but a, a mystery pick that could be anything. Yeah. This third Even round a pick could be a linebacker. boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could be a boat. It could be a boat. Um, so then the the Bradley Chubb trade kind of led to this trade. Jeff Wilson to Miami. Uh, from San Francisco for a fifth rounder. So they, they jettison Chase Edmonds and then replace him with Jeff Wilson. So by now trading, Raheem Mostert trading and the Jeff fifth Wilson. that they got for Bradley Chubb. Yeah. I just love that Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are back together again. <laughs> I was about to say, I was going to say this during when we were talking about uh, young players. I was going to say that why is Miami putting together the 49ers old backfield? Because they have the 49ers old offensive coordinator. <laughs> Next up, they're gonna they're gonna trade for Trey Sermon. That yeah, that's a good point. Like why cash uh, yeah. considerations for yeah. Trey Sermon? Like he's a fourth they, string on my Eagles. He could he could go there. They might as well just just get them all together. Um, I got him to a Super Bowl, right? So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I you know I I get it. I guess Miami you know talking about the two running back system, they didn't want to just lean on Raheem Mostert, so they. They went out and got another another running back. So nope. Um, and then we mentioned this earlier, and I'd like your opinion on it. T.J. Hawkinson, tight end from the Lions, uh, and two fourth rounders. So that the Lions bundled him with two fourth rounders. 
to Minnesota in division, which I thought was kind of weird, for a second and a third. Which a second and a third is, that's pretty good. Those are two good picks. Um, but I just want to get your opinion on on Hawkinson leaving and also trading him to a division rival. Well, first off, I hate that they traded him to a division rival. The fact that we're going to have to play him twice a year now, like every other tight end that was just okay on our team being traded to another team freaking what's his name ebron every time the steelers came to detroit or we went there he did everything he could to beat us uh and it usually worked he could have 20 catches on the season 11 of them would have been against the lions and then uh what's his face brandon Pettigrew when he left he did the same thing the guy couldn't catch a ball to save his life on the lions Somehow Stone had hands. good games against the Lions. And now we have to play Hawkinson, the best of all of them, twice a year. Like, why? I can't believe they traded him to um, a division rival. It makes no sense. Now, as far as just trading him, are you okay with them trading him at all? Like, you know, I, I don't know the situation, honestly. I don't, I'm assuming his contract was an expire. Um, you know, do you think that that okay, that's fine offloading him, or or do you think would you have rather they kept him to begin with? Uh, I'm fine with them unloading, and I'll tell you why in just one second. I just want to say real quick, Angel and friends in the chat, thank you for the raid. It's good to see you guys. Well, what's up, Thanks. everybody? Hope you guys had a good end to your stream before you showed up here in these digs. But uh, good to see you guys. Um, the, the one thing I want to say is they, the fact that we now have four picks between the first and second round is huge for the Lions and, uh, Hawkinson was hurt a lot and he never really was an elite receiver. Like he, he was hyped up going through the Kelsey tight end camps and everything else. And he was supposed to be just amazing but uh, he never really amounted to the anything. Like, he would, he would have really great games, and then he'd disappear. And you wouldn't see him for four weeks. So, while I loved Hawkinson, losing him doesn't feel like a massive loss. It actually feels better to get a second and a third pick. Because without that third pick, we only had a, a fir two firsts, a second, and then we had two fourths, a fifth. And we just upgraded to a third, two seconds, and two firsts. So now all our picks have slid down to be into the good rounds. And there's a lot better chance there. And I really like our GM and what he, he's done in the draft. So I fully trust that guy to make the right picks. Yeah, I was I was wondering how you felt about it as a fan of the team. I mean, I, I liked Hawkinson. I liked watching him. Um, but you're right. I don't think he ever really became that that breakout tight end that everybody was was hoping he would or kind of expected him to and i think a second and a third um is is great for for him because you can i mean you can find a, another good tight end in the second or third round um honestly first round tight ends especially for the lions are probably not the way to go anyways so wait until round two. <laughs> they <or> never. <laughs> well here's the thing they were drafted james mitchell i think in the fifth round this past year Plus, Brock Wright has been 
doing really well the past few weeks. And I think there might be something to the fact that he's been doing really well the past few weeks. I think they were kind of auditioning him to see if he could fill the role if Hawkinson was gone. And he stepped up big time the last couple games. So I think that made it a lot easier for them to trade him because of the fact that Brock will be fine being the tight end in the spot right now. So. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, he's going to have a couple, I mean, another, what, six, seven games to to play and get the chance to kind of break out and solidify it. And, you know, with the Lions, they're going to have a, an early pick. They, they need a quarterback. They don't need to trade up to get one. I mean, honestly, they'll end up in the top three. Um, so they won't really need to trade up. So, yeah, instead of having to use those picks to trade up, they're going to be able to actually take, take players with them and, and should end up with, four or five players in the first three rounds. So it's a, it's going to be an interesting off season for them. Yeah. Uh, the season's certainly not interesting. So let's, let's make the off season <laughs> interesting. Like every other year ever. That's the frustrating thing. Like if, if the lions had a rookie quarterback to, to start, you could at least be to, like, all right, bench off and, and play. And yeah. Do something, not having have anything. There's just yeah. The only thing to look forward to is is Jamo, uh, hopefully coming back and playing a couple games at the end of the year. Although yeah, exactly. if you're one in nine, I wouldn't be surprised. If Dan Campbell says, "Ah, eh, we're I, not going to bother." Honestly, honestly, if he if he were thinking about coming back and there was any chance of him getting hurt before and being out at any point next year, I would just say, "Don't come back this year," and we'll get Jamo like a new rookie next year, and and just go from there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's a red shirt season for him. I, I yeah, wonder right? if that's what they're going to do. Put him on the medical red shirt, anyways. and we're good to go. Yeah, he might end up doing that. But all right, so sticking with the NFC North, Chase Claypool. We talked about this when I talked about Chase Claypool. Went to Chicago for a second rounder. Um, I think he was a second round pick, so they basically kind of stay in the same there. Um, you know, good for Chicago. They desperately needed a wide receiver. I thought he was, you know, uh, I liked him in Pittsburgh. Buried on the depth chart. Now he gets the time to shine. Whether or not he breaks out is up to Justin Fields. So we'll see about that. But at least now he doesn't have, you know, Deontay Johnson and, and George Pickens ahead of him or fighting him for um, four catches. And, I mean, he was catching <laughs> passes from Kenny Pickett anyway. So Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields, I don't really think he – he was kind of a lateral move for him as far as quarterbacks go. But now he's going to get more opportunity. <laughs> yeah, he, it'll be interesting to see. I – I am less excited for him being in Chicago than I was in on the Steelers, being completely honest. I have him in a several fantasy leagues. I'm He was doing bad before this season. I don't see him making a miraculous comeback to be in my starting lineups in fantasy football now. No, probably not this season. I, I don't think... Like, I look at it more of like... If the the Bears need to upgrade their offensive line, they they need to continue working with Justin Fields. Like he is getting better, and that, that's something that um, we'll talk about when we recap it. So it's it's not that he's all of a sudden going to be like, oh yeah, he's going to be a top twelve receiver in fantasy or something. No, but for him as a player, it is a good trade because he's he will have more opportunity to be the number one guy. He should be the first person Justin Fields looks to. When he's you know needs to get rid of the ball, especially in the end, in the red zone. So I think for Justin Fields, it's a good trade. Not for your maybe not for your fantasy stake, but for him as a him as a person and as a player in real life, I think it's a good trade. 
We'll, we'll see. Because <laughs> honestly, this next trade makes me think that Justin Fields isn't long to be their starting quarterback. Really? And I'll oh, tell you why okay. after the next trade. All right. Well, uh, so this one, Roquan Smith uh, traded to Baltimore. So the Bears traded for a player, but also got rid of one. Uh, went to Baltimore for A.J. Klein, who's a linebacker I'm not super familiar with. Um, they get a second rounder and they and a fifth. Um, but the second rounder they got is not the one they traded for Chase Claypool. They traded their own for Chase Claypool. So they did give up an earlier second rounder and mm-hmm. got a later one. Um, but that's, uh, you know, I liked Roquan, but he wanted $20 million a year and... There's no on a team hell. that's making no money. <laughs> on a team that has no one and is paying no one, you're not going to pay the good player? Last week I no. asked you, I'm like, you can't even name Bear players at this point. And you're like, well, what about Roquan Smith? Guess yeah. what? Their one named player is now gone. He is gone for I a know. team, for a, a city with no good players to not pay their one good player makes no freaking sense to me. For a team that also has over a hundred million in cap space going into next year, um, believe me, this was this was the argument I had with my dad because you know he, it makes he no didn't want sense. To pay him. This the, guy the belief is that Virginia McCaskey, who happens to be in her nineties, was not willing to pay someone twenty million a year for anything, and that's a damn shame because you have the money, you have no one else. He he was the best player on your team. Pay the man. Front load the contract. Pay him $25 million next year. I, like, that makes no sense to not pay at least the one guy that's good on your team. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And, I, I and don't then, understand the thought so, process of not just using some of your cap space to pay him. They're not going to spend $100 million next year. They're not going to spend no, $100 million No, they're going to have a bunch of money sitting over again because you don't... They're not going to buy free agents because no, not, no one free agent is going to make the Bears good. So they're not yeah. going to spend all that money. And then on top of that, they just aren't going to spend it anyway. You have $100 million this year. Why didn't you spend it last year? Because they're not just, just not going to. The, the, so this is what I'm saying with Chase Claypool, why he has a good odds of being good in, on the Bears. Because I don't see Josh Fields being – or uh, what's his name? Justin Fields being long at the quarterback for the Bears because they're not good. And eventually that, that coach is going to be gone. And you know what happens when you get a new coach, especially with an average to bad quarterback? That quarterback is also gone. So I don't see much. I don't see much prospect there for Justin Fields. Well, um, he's got Claypool. at least. Well, barring some fantastical breakdown, he's got at least two more years. Um, and then if they pick up his fifth-year option, one more after that. So he would be playing, you know, through twenty twenty-five. So. Yeah. But a, Trubisky yeah. didn't get his fifth-year option picked up, so he only got four years. Um, a he would have, and then A just because you're there doesn't mean you're going to start. Well, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Barring <laughs> some like Dwayne Haskins esque breakdown where you don't even you know you last half of your rookie contract. Um, but okay. I love yeah. how you bring up. Well, I mean, I guess that is your team, but you're wearing the, the a better example on your shirt, Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. <laughs> yeah. So. I know, but the first one that comes to my mind is Dwayne Haskins. (laughs) The fact they traded their best player blew my mind. It just blew my mind. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, well, and it's funny because we talk about the Cardinals, and we had this argument about Kyler Murray, about paying him. 
The difference in my mind is that the Bears have the money to spare. They they aren't spending it on anyone, and they don't need to re-sign Justin Fields. would be the next biggest re-sign they need to do. They don't need to do it for three more seasons. So you could have front-loaded Roquan's contract, paid him $25 million, and then you know down the road pay him $16, $17 million, so it averages out, and yeah, you get to keep him. But um, oh. I don't know. It's, you know what the first thing that I thought of when I saw this trade? Hmm. They're they're pulling another Khalil Mack. They're like, we have a premier linebacker in the NFL. Let's get rid of him. Yeah. Well, and that one, like, yeah, like Khalil Mack, they were they had already started paying him too much money, so they were like, all right, we need to offload this contract. Maybe that was their fear with Roquan Smith. They didn't want to start paying him, and then all of a sudden he. He doesn't play well, but literally they're not, they have over, I think it's 118 million in cap space for next season. Assuming they can spend $80 million on free agents, which would be ridiculous because there aren't that many great free agents next year. You still have 30 million left that you could have used to pay Roquan Smith. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I don't know because now they're defense like, I can name some of the players on their defense, but but none of them are as good as Roquan was. Roquan was leading the NFL in tackles when he was traded. Like, it's yeah, just... That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. It, it, good linebackers are hard to find. Yeah, believe me. I I'm just know. saying. <laughs> the, the, the Lions roll through linebackers like Halloween candy. The Cardinals draft them constantly in the first round and they don't pan out. Like, that's what I'm saying. That it's so hard to find like top-notch linebackers yeah. when you have. So one, instead, have he to goes to them. Baltimore, which is a history of top-notch linebackers. Um, oh, he's gonna he's gonna flourish. Yeah, flourish. He's gonna thrive. I, I, in Baltimore. I it's it was a yeah it was a head scratcher. Um, Not to mention Baltimore is good. Your picks aren't yeah. gonna be good. That's the part that upset me the most is when they traded for Claypool and they gave up their second, which is gonna be a top ten pick. For Baltimore's, which is going to be a bottom 10 pick. Like, give them Baltimore's second. Don't give them yours. Yours is almost a first rounder. I, I, exactly. Yeah, I, my dad's Early. an eternal optimist. He, 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 you know, he'll always find reasons to support what his team does. But this is one move that I just, I'm displeased with it. Uh, see, I feel like I am an optimist in most things. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> Well, are you talking about football or in life in general? Football. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In life in general, I'm a pretty big optimist. Oh, okay. That's fair. When, I'm, it, comes, I'm when it comes to football, I'm the biggest pessimist in the world. Everything everything the Lions do, do is wrong in my eyes. Or I will abandon yes, something that I... That's I, the part that I agree with. <laughs> I will abandon something that I liked a week later. If it if it does not prove to be even a little bit true. Oruarie was the best cornerback in the world before the season started. He was, and you shit I, all over him. They could cut him tomorrow and I would not be upset. I had like, no idea he was having such a bad year. Like I, I just he cannot remember. cover anything. He's so bad. Oh it's so oh, Alright, alright. Let's uh let's keep going. Um Naheem Hines. Traded from Indy to Buffalo for Zach Moss, as we talked about, and a fifth rounder. 
I thought this was this was good for Hines. Um, you know, he wants to be an every down guy. He wants to get the ball more, not just be a pass catcher. Buffalo, once again, looking for running backs. It sucks for James Cook because now he's the backup to Naheem Hines and Devin Singletary. Um, and for Indy, okay, James Cook shouldn't have fumbled so many times when he fought, yeah. when he was in. I know, and that's and that's the part that sucks too. Is like he gets an opportunity and then whoopsie daisy. Um, oh, I shouldn't yeah. have ate the, that buttered popcorn right before the game. <laughs> yeah, their gloves are supposed to be so sticky. Guys make one hand catches. He can't hold the damn ball. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo gets richer. I, I mean, I think Hines will probably be their main running back, not just the pass catcher. You know, Devin Singlestary will still be in the mix because he's not doing too bad this year. But I think Naheem Hines is definitely going to be a big part of the offense. Um, and then for Indy, you know, they, they get a, a more backup for Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Um, and I think maybe they like that kid, Deion Jackson, um, who, who shined pretty well when he needed to come play like two or three weeks ago when Jonathan Taylor was out. Maybe he's their new uh, uh, third down pass catcher. But Who is it? What was the name again? Dion Jackson. He was a uh, he. he oh, had I remember watching. He played yeah. on. Uh, he played on Thursday Night Football. I remember watching him. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor was out. He he came. He had a he had a pretty good night. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and then this one not not that big, but it's my team, so I mentioned it. Uh, William Jackson from the Commanders to Pittsburgh. Uh, so Washington gives up William Jackson and a seventh, and gets a sixth. So it They're was. Like, Please take him. Yeah. Well, Please literally, take him. they had said, well, we're going to cut him if we can't find a trade partner. And Pittsburgh's like, well, you know what? We'll take him and we'll just swap late round picks because they just didn't want to have to go through the waiver system, I guess. Um, which is whatever. But the the part that, that I wanted to bring this up is because Ron Rivera had a, a great quote about it when, when they asked what happened with William Jackson. Because they signed him two years ago when Rivera took over for a lot of money. And he never really did anything. So Ron Rivera, you know, they asked him what, what went wrong. And he said, well, he's more of a, a man corner and we play a lot of zone. Our analysis was wrong. The part that upsets me is when they signed him, there were stories on ESPN about this is a weird signing. He's a man corner in Cincinnati and Washington plays zone. So... Mm -hmm. Ron Rivera apparently needs to get an ESPN Plus subscription because he he doesn't have the same scouting reports that I do reading that. It just pissed me off. I, I, I'm losing faith in Ron Rivera's ability to to coach a team. Not the leading people's great, but evaluating players and putting a team together is the part that I'm really starting to lose faith in him in. And that quote about well, our analysis was wrong. Well, how? Everyone else knew it. Like, everyone else. I could go and play Madden, and I could see Cincinnati plays more man defense and Washington plays more zone, and oh, whoopsie-daisy. It was the same issue Josh Norman had when they signed him. He was, he was a zone uh, uh, corner in Carolina for Ron Rivera, came to Washington where they played man at the time, and sucked. And <laughs> you wonder why. So it's just, it's, uh, it just, it just frustrated the hell out of me to read that. For sure. You're like, could right. you have just not written that so I never knew it happened? Well, and just, like, I, I appreciate the transparency, Ron, but, like, you're supposed to be better than this. You're, 
the coach and basically the GM, um, you're supposed to be better at this point. Like, you, you are, can't just be like, whoopsie daisy. Like, you're you not a that. rookie head coach. Yeah, like yeah. you're you're not Nathaniel Hackett. We expect more out of you. Yeah. So exactly. yeah. Um, last one to talk about. This one was unexpected and, and nutty. Calvin there Ridley. Were more, there were more trades than this for Jacksonville. There were at least two trades for Jacksonville. These are the only ones that had players that, that I figured were worth talking about. There were a lot of defensive back and safeties that got traded. Players that I didn't really recognize as big names. So, I mean. There was another anybody... one. All right, I'm going to look while you yeah, feel by talk about But Anyway, so Calvin Ridley, uh, currently suspended wide receiver of the Atlanta Falcons, was traded to Jacksonville for a second and a fifth, both conditional, whatever. Um, I didn't see this coming. I, I, I like it. Um, Calvin Ridley, I think, should should be playing football right now. I think the suspension is stupid. Um, and after this year's over, hopefully he gets reinstated. And Jacksonville will have a young, extremely talented receiver to pair with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne. Um, yeah, I thought that was a great move by Jacksonville. Weird by Atlanta, who needs receivers, but whatever. Yeah, apparently they're just like, we need receivers, but just not that one. Yeah, I guess maybe he just didn't want to play for them anymore. I don't know. But uh, interesting stuff. Again, I think he should be playing this year. Uh, a, a year suspension for betting on a game that you're not in or you're I, it, dumb. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't think, I don't like it. But whatever. Um, what'd you find? Other, other trades. Um, the one other trade I wanted to talk about also involved the Bears. And that was Robert Quinn. Oh, I thought we talked trade. about that last week. Did we? Yeah, because that was that one happened. Uh, no, I, I didn't even know that one happened. Oh, yeah, that happened before last week's podcast. Because I, we, we I remember that. I was looking at the trades for this year, and I saw Robert Quinn on there, and I'm like, so the Bears have traded their two best defensive players. Well, yeah, Robert Quinn wasn't doing much this year, but uh, this year, yeah. last year he had what? 16 and a half sacks? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like they're trying to play that that defense where they they don't do anything. They're trying to play the Lions defense. <laughs> yeah, that one, would they get to like a fourth? I thought that was actually a pretty fourth. good trade for them because they were going to cut him anyways uh, after this year. He was making way too much money. So for them to get a fourth. And then he goes to Philly. And again, Philly, 8-0, and they get Robert Quinn for the defense. Like Teams that make moves like that, you look at the Rams, Buffalo, Like those are the teams that continue to win. What do our teams do? Trade away players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, for once, I'd just like to be a buyer. The Lions do yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Like, seller. yeah, wouldn't it be nice to be like one piece away? Like, I, I you know, to look at your team and like, man, all we need is a blank instead of man, all we need is everything. At least you're no, lucky. For, Washington for me, literally with the Lions, needs... with the Lions is man, we really just need to get rid of this guy. <laughs> See <laughs> the problem like, with if Washington... they had traded Jared Goff for a seventh round pick, I would be hyped. And they would just they would just play like DeAndre just, Swift at quarterback. <laughs> we could just watch Nate Sudfield play for the rest of the season until we draft a rookie. Washington needs a new owner. We literally need everything from the top down, um, which is just the most painful thing. 
And until we get a new owner, we're never going to be good because that guy continually screws up everything. Um, <laughs> and real quick, speaking of Dan Snyder, he, he did say that he's exploring options to trade the team or trade a portion of the team or blah, 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 whatever. I'm not trade getting my hopes up. Or sell. Sell, trade. I don't care. I'm like... How do you make a trade as an owner? He's going to trade the team for money. All right. I Um, would like to trade my shares in the commanders for some shares in the Ravens. He's going to get Dogecoin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I'm not going to get excited until something actually happens. Because when that first broke, they were like, oh, he he signed Bank of America to negotiate a deal or, or what. I don't know the financial part of it. But everyone's like, oh, my God, he's finally doing it. And then Jerry Jones the other day is like, ah, he's only going to sell a minority stake. So it's like, great. So he's going to sell part of the team and still be the majority owner. So why why get excited? Until Penn goes to paper and that guy is carried out of D.C. on, on a mob's shoulders and thrown in the Potomac River, I am not getting <laughs> my hopes up. Because, like, everything that happens to our team stems from him. The crappy stadium is because he's unable to build a new one because nobody wants to work with him. Carson Wentz is because Dan Snyder wanted him. Um, Dwayne Haskins, because Dan Snyder wanted him. Like, everything that that happens is because Dan Snyder. Josh Norman, Albert Hainsworth, everything. Dan Snyder just wants him. Like, until we get an owner that finally just says, you know what, let the football guys take care of it, we're well, that, never going to be good. I really feel like if we could get Steve Kimes' hand out of Michael Bildwell's butt and playing him like a puppet... We might actually have a decent team. That's well, and that's the crazy thing in Arizona is I I look at the team and think, man, we've got some good players. Is it the coaching? At this point, I I have to think it's Klingsbury. It's just it's I don't no, know, man. It is top down. Everyone but well, the players makes in that stupid org- draft picks. Yes, in the organization. He does not. Not only does he make stupid draft picks. I I, I love. We could. This is the thing about a football podcast. We're not talking about trade deadline. I mean, we're just going. We're everywhere. just off topic. Yeah. <laughs> but Steve Kime, every single person in the freaking world that knew the Cardinals knew your cornerbacks are garbage. You don't have enough of them. Your secondary sucks. What are you going to do about it? What did he do about it? Literally nothing. Nope. He did nothing. He signed no one. He drafted maybe someone. I don't even remember if he drafted someone. He it doesn't made matter. A trade he for a Antonio Hamilton because someone got hurt and you had to have someone. The guy did nothing in the offseason for the most glaring needs on the team. And guess what's happening? They suck. Well, now, granted, somehow the defense with garbage is playing better than the offense where all the money's spent. And that is one of the biggest travesties of the entire team because if the offense played to the money it's being paid and the defense is playing up from where it should be playing, this team would be at the Eagles level. But they're so bad, and it all comes down from the top. There is no way that Steve Kime and Cliffs Kingsbury should have ever got extensions. Oh, God, this year, no. they should have been on the hot seat. And if they would have been, you would Kingsbury would already be fired, and Kime would probably be fired at the end of the season. 
That's I don't the way know it what gone. blackmail Steve Kime has on the Bidwell family, but the fact that he's lasted this long is mind-boggling because the guy, the freaking ridiculous, like blood to alcohol level of his D, yep. D, DUI, and there was what was suspended uh, like three weeks. Yep. He couldn't he couldn't do anything with the team for three weeks. The only oh. good things he's ever done are the DeAndre Hopkins trade and maybe drafting David Johnson in the fifth round, like which was good for a couple seasons. Um but I and a great story. I don't know. Did you ever watch All or Nothing um that that year when they drafted David Johnson? Steve Kime mm-hmm. wanted Amir Abdullah in the second round, but the Lions took him. So he waited and just fell into David Johnson. I so it's not even that Steve Kime, yeah, like it's not even that Steve Kime's good. He just got lucky there. And then the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I think, is because Houston was just uh, their their old coach slash GM was just giving the town a middle finger by trading Randy DeAndre Hopkins. Steve Kime every has done single player on that Houston team was being traded. Yeah. So Steve the fact Kime that they got him was not nothing. Surprising. There's nothing that you could. Buda Baker is a good player. Great. Chandler Jones trade was good. Great. So many negative things that guy has done that outweigh the two positives I can think of off the top of my head, and yet he's still there and going to be there for more years because they extended him. They're not going to. They're not firing him after this year. You drafted Hassan Reddick, did not play him for a season. You played him. He didn't do very well in his contract year. He did amazing, and then you didn't resign him. And then nope. look what he went on to do after he left the because Cardinals. because they in his contract year they played him at his natural position of outside linebacker, like instead of instead of trying to be magical geniuses and taking safeties to linebackers or linebackers to say, just play people where they played in college. That's where they were good. Did you hear what he said? They said last night on the broadcast. No. On the Eagles game. They're like, did Hassan Reddick backed into pass protection and he played a guy so well that he batted the ball down in pass protection and both broadcasters go great work by Hassan Reddick. This guy can play everywhere on the field. It's amazing that somehow the Cardinals let this guy go. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, right. and I was like, that was two years ago. Yep. That was two years ago. They're still talking about it. They're, because they're it's, two it's years that, and they're still talking that shit about the ridiculous that they would just let him walk. Well, and look at like Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. They, they, they cut him cause they didn't, you know, Oh, we can't spend the money on him. Like it, there's, and then um, Calais Campbell. That one still pisses me off. Calais Campbell was one of the best defensive linemen the Cardinals had. Gums a free agent. Uh, Jacksonville offers him a contract. He calls up Arizona and, and gives him the option to match. Don't, don't even want more. Just match, and he wants to stay in Arizona. Steve Kime says, "Nah." He goes to Jacksonville, where he's still one of the best defensive linemen. Maybe not top. Makes 10. it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The dude still swats things down all the time. He's still Did just make an it amazing guy. Made it to the AFC championship, championship game. game. Yeah, but that it's just the the players the Cardinals have let go, and then they've continued to be good. Patrick Peterson, they let them go, and then they continue to be good. And it's like, so what are you doing? Like you're saving some money because you let this veteran go, so you can implement a new first round draft pick that's gonna bust. Like it's just. I don't I think, even know if it's all Kime. The Cardinals have done that forever. Entrell Roll, Aeneas Williams. There's so many players that they're just like, we're going to put you in our ring of honor. 
but we're definitely not going to resign you when you're a fan favorite and we are given the option on a good deal to keep you. Yeah. It happens every time. You know, two it's people crazy. who are in our ring of honor are Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer, who were both just signed off the street. Like, what, what, what was the what's the next draft pick that goes in our ring of honor? Like, it's yeah, it's, it's that's the way. It, every time. Anyways, we got even we gotta move even forward. We're gonna be here. Nias Williams <laughs> not drafted by the Cardinals. Yeah. in the ring of honor. Yeah. Anyways, uh, moral of the story: Steve Kime and and Cliff Kingsbury should be fired. They won't be. All right, so let's speed run the week eight review. Yeah, we'll run through this pretty fast. Um, so Broncos, Jags, boring London game. Broncos won an ugly ass game. I mean, what did you expect from these two teams? Two notes: tight end Greg Dolchik from the Broncos in his first three career games since he was activated, twelve catches, one hundred eighty-two yards, and a touchdown. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, On a for, team that has him. Alberto. Yeah. They activate yeah. this kid, play him over him, and he's he's been pretty good. So yeah, it's worked out for him. Uh, and then for the Jaguars, Travis Etienne. I mean, they traded James Robinson. Etienne looks like the the real deal. In 156 yards, one touchdown, 6.5 yards per carry, which I thought was a great stat. Massive. Um, dude looks like a beast. Uh, I have him in our dynasty league. Very pleased with that one. Well, I have James uh, Robinson, so I'm not. So I know. Do you remember? Uh, I think. You took Dobbins, and then I took Etienne, or or I took Etienne, and then you took Dobbins. I don't remember which way it went, but... Um, I took Dobbins, and you were pissed because you to- had just told me about it. That's right, yeah, about <laughs> taking somebody and put them on IR. And so yeah. I took Etienne, and then uh, it worked it out in the end, so thank you. Yes. Panthers-Falcons, this game actually had an amazing ending. I don't know if you watched this at all or watched the recap, but it was a... It was I a saw the uh, Hail... It was a Hail Mary, right, at the end? 62-yard touchdown, yeah. So... With a missed extra point to send it to overtime. Yes. Like, come so the, on with the Atlanta extra kicked a field goal with 36 seconds left to go up 34-28. Carolina mm-hmm. drives down and scores on a 62-yard bomb to DJ Moore. DJ Moore removes his helmet to celebrate, which gets flagged. 15 yards, backed up on the extra point, which they, of course, miss. So it's mm-hmm. 34-34, they go to overtime. Atlanta gets the ball, throws an interception on the first possession of overtime in their own territory. Carolina then misses a 32-yard field goal for Atlanta to then drive down and kick a field goal and win it and now be in first place in the NFC South because life is a joke. But, I mean, Carolina, Eddie (laughs) Pinheiro is the Carolina kicker. Um, He will always be known as the double-doink kicker for the Bears in the 2017 playoffs against the Eagles. So my dad was just happy to see him suffer. Um, But... (laughs) Yeah, just a ridiculous. And then, then that that penalty, you know, people go back and forth on. Well, it shouldn't have been flagged. He he took his helmet off in the end zone during the field during the play that he got the 15 yards. I mean, the rule itself may be oh. dumb, but the flag is the flag. I could go on such a rant with helmets in the NFL. Hey, feel free. We, we've oh, you want to hear it? it? We've All done right. it this long. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> open a can of worms. Okay, first off. <laughs> Stop taking off your helmets. Second off, safety, number one concern for the offense. They don't give a flying crap about anything but receivers. and Receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, they could give a flying crap less about anything else. Why is it not a rule that your chin strap is buckled in the NFL? If you're going to wear safety equipment and safety is the number one priority, why is no one wearing it correctly? Yeah. No, I, I hate that. Nobody wears a chin strap. 
Nobody wears the helmet the way it's supposed to. You take a helmet to the bottom of your face mask without your chin strap on, that thing's fucking coming off. And that helmet's going right into your face. Yep. Constantly. All the time. Nobody has their chin straps. Chin straps strapped. For all of the talk about safety. Nobody, nobody wears the helmet them. correctly. Yeah. And they talk about safety and player safety and everything, but to allow them to not, like, like you said, it's designed to be worn with a chin strap. You're going to wear it without a chin strap. And, yeah, or you're not using the equipment the way it was designed. It's a safety facade. That's what pisses me off so much. They talk about safety, 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 and you're literally seeing every single week, every single week, nobody wearing safety equipment correctly. Why would that piss me off? It just does because of the fact that they make it such an issue if you touch the quarterback's knees. Well, it's for their safety. Why don't you care about literally everybody on the field then? It's only the money makers. It no sense to me. None whatsoever. I agree. Um, All right, so a couple other notes from that game. Dante Foreman had three touchdowns, which awesome, good for him. DJ Moore was six for 152 with a touchdown. And Kyle Pitts got his second touchdown of the year. Two, the second in three games, too. So maybe he's finally going to do something. Um, Bears, Cowboys. Tony Pollard, in my opinion, right now is better than Zeke. He, he just runs 110%. better. One hundred and ten percent. Yeah, one hundred and thirty-one yards, three touchdowns. I think Zeke's done in Dallas after this. Um, going forward, are they going to split? Probably. I don't think Pollard's going to start over him. He should. He should be the one getting more carries. But you know, they'll go with Zeke. He kind of is Zeke. He kind of is getting more carries. He's not he the starter, be. but he's the one that's right. getting all the. Every time I I see Dallas stats, I'm like, Pollard's the guy for them. Yeah. Zeke is he's, the the inept starter. Yep. But Zeke just at this point is he, maybe he's too hurt, maybe he's just worn down. But yeah, they they should be riding the hot hand. Um, for the Bears, I personally, I, I from what I'm seeing, Justin Fields the last couple games, he's getting better. Um, but I don't know if you saw this play. The Bears fumbled in their own territory. Micah Parsons dives on the ball. Justin Fields was running toward the ball, towards Micah Parsons. So Micah Parsons dives. He's on the ground. <laughs> I Justin Fields leaps like, over him. Talking about? Didn't touch him. So he Didn't stands touch, up and runs it in picks it. Justin Fields, I mean, it, it was the most perfect leap. Both legs in the air. Leaps up, hovers over it. No part of his body touched Micah Parsons to make Micah Parsons be down. So Parsons gets up and runs to the end zone when no one else is paying attention because they all thought, oh, Justin touched him down. No, he did not. So Micah Parsons gets up and gets a free eight touchdown. I don't know what the hell was going on in Justin Fields' mind. Like, touch him. Like, you're, he's not a quarterback. You're, you're not going to get flagged. Like, just touch him. I, I don't know, man. That 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 alone, I was this like, is what, what happens. are you doing? This is, <laughs> this is what happens when we get an NFL where hitting another player is a flag. Yeah, yeah. he's on the ground. Even don't touch the quarterback him. who just threw an interception is frustrated as hell is just going to jump over the guy that you picked him off. Just, and you don't even need to hit him. Just touch. Just two-hand touch. Give him a little pat him on the head. Good job, Micah. Just do something. Literally like, anything. Yeah. Um, but as far as stats go, Justin Fields, he was 17 to 23, 151 yards, two touchdowns, 60 yards rushing and a touchdown. I saw that over the last two weeks, he is second in fantasy points among quarterbacks. So two good weeks for him. Um, but again, I, it's, it's not blow you out of the water, but it's better than 
four of nine or whatever he was in week two. Like, I mean, at least they're throwing the ball and doing things. Um, but we'll see where it goes from there. Um, Dolphins Lions. I figured you could talk about that one because I, I unfortunately was was watching the uh, um, Cardinals Vikings at the time. So, um, it's hard for me to remember because I've reached the point in a Lions shitty season where I just start blacking everything out. Well, I do remember. Didn't you say they were um, up seventeen nothing? I remember at one point? that we were up. Um, we were up twenty one or fourteen to. We were up twenty one to seven at one point. 14 to nothing at one point. 27-17. I mean, like, they were leading the entire first half. And then they couldn't figure out how to score a freaking point in the second half. Story of the Lions season. Everybody else in the world knows how to make a second half adjustment. The Lions can't figure out anything ever. And that's what it boils down to. Do you think Dan Campbell is on a hot seat or headed towards the hot seat? Or do you think that they are, that they are giving him more time? I think, and I want, Dan Campbell to not be on the hot seat. I want him to have another year. I think Aaron Glenn should have been fired by now. Aaron Glenn is absolutely terrible. And I loved him on Hard Knocks, but I do not give a flying crap about the person as far as results go. And his defense is the worst, the absolute worst. They cannot stop anyone ever. They can't do anything right. Are they still giving up the most points in the league? I have to assume that they are. I haven't looked in a while. They've had their bye week, so maybe maybe they're lucky and and aren't. Let's see. Satmuse.com. Let's find out. I, I I mean I would not be surprised. They 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 had one good week. They still oh, lost. Yeah. They are by fifteen points over the Cardinals. That's depressing. I did not realize that they were second worst in points against. Oh, they're bad, but I mean they they usually granted they've also the played half. an extra game over the Lions, so <laughs> at least that's it, something. It's just it's it's there's a there's an acronym that goes with the lions and it's sol everybody tweets it every week same old lions same old lions every time because it is always the same old lions get play to give you just enough hope that you think they're going to win and then just shit the bed at every possible second. The only thing I can say good about this game is that Jared Goff wasn't the one that gave it away. That's it. And that's surprising because Jared Goff loves to give the game away. Um, (laughs) So I would love to say nice things about what happened because they played the five and three Dolphins close. But they were running away with the game in the first half and they could not do anything in the second half. So that's basically the analysis I have there. Miami Dolphins are really good. Well, that's good analysis. I, if yes. the if the Dolphins make the playoffs, I will be rooting for them. I yeah. grew up with a friend. One of my best friends was a Dolphins fan growing up. I always have a soft spot in my heart for the Dolphins. So if they are in the playoffs, I will be rooting for them wholeheartedly. Not to mention, 
I love the fact that Tua, who was written off after a couple of years as a not the guy, after tanking for Tua, if he can if he can make a big run through the playoffs, I'll be very happy. So yeah, it is fun to watch Tua, um, have, you know, play so well because yeah, he was drafted in twenty twenty. Um, so the last two years that they've just kind of been like, oh, he's, he's not going to develop, he's not going to develop, he's not going to develop. And then, no, if you if you give him the right coach and the right people around him, yeah, he can be a, a good quarterback. It's it's I like to see it. Um, Cardinals, Vikings, I didn't really have a lot right to say about this game. All right. Um, so for the Vikings, uh, for me personally, I was just impressed. It was an all-around win. I mean, their defense, they sacked Murray four times, picked him off twice in the second half. Um, passing game was good. Justin Jefferson and Thielen had, had good games. Dalvin Cook had good game. Like, just good for the Vikings. They're 6-1. and one. They look to be rolling, firing all cylinders. Happy for them. Happy for Kirk Cousins. Um, for the Cardinals, it's just, it's, it's. I don't know. I don't know what the hell, man. The the defense, as we talked about, is, is bad, um, which is why the Vikings had such a great game. I, I do love the Andre Hopkins being back. He at least gives you something exciting to watch. That guy... Even after missing six games, he is still just a beast. He had an amazing one-handed touchdown. He went 12 for 159 with that touchdown. Just, I'm just so happy that Diop's back. Um, for the run game, there was no run game. Um, I think they ran for like 58 yards total. It sucks. I love James Conner. I hope he gets healthy. We desperately need a running game back. You know, it's it's good when Murray runs. We we need him to run. That's that's you know one of his tools and probably his his biggest tool in his in his arsenal but we need to also have a, a guy like james connor who can um you know get the ball between the tackles get us in the end zone and yeah i don't know man the cardinals just so freaking frustrating to watch because you look at murray connor Ertz, hopkins um hollywood brown's not playing right now but he was uh you know rondale moore uh, there's there's just there is a lot of talent and it's just there's nothing there and i blame kingsbury the guy's he was a sham of a coach in college. He's been a sham of a coach in the NFL. He's not the offensive genius people like to say he is. It's just, it's whatever. Um, Raiders Saints. Uh, Saints, we talked about Michael Thomas not playing anymore, but Alvin Kamara was huge for them. Nine catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. Ran for 62 yards and a touchdown. I mean, as long as they've got Kamara, they apparently are, are in every game. Even starting Andy Dalton, the quarterback. Doesn't matter. You've got Alvin Kamara. Um, and Chris Olave. So they've still got some good weapons. Michael Thomas is out for the year. Uh, fun stat, he has played 10 games in the last three years after his record-breaking year in 2019. Um, he's just been been injured a, a whole lot, which sucks for the Saints and sucks for him because, I mean, he was the best receiver in the NFL, and, and if he could have kept playing, he probably could have set all kinds of records. Um, for the Raiders, they just downright are terrible. Devontae Adams had five targets, one catch for three yards. I don't know what the hell that is. I mean, targeting him five times is great, but missing him four of those times with those passes, no idea. Um, but they're they're just bad. And I, I would like, you know, Josh McDaniel was bad in Denver when he was head coach. He's bad in Vegas when he was head coach. Like, just because you coach under Bill Belichick does not make you a good coach. Um, I think Matt Patricia no. proved that. So... <laughs> So many, so many coaches that just leave and then come back. Yeah. So look so, for Josh McDaniels to be the offensive coordinator of the Patriots again soon. I always thought he was just going to stay and take over for Belichick when he left. But, I mean, McDan he would probably still be bad then. Like, McDaniels just Imagine bad. him getting fired off the Patriots. I'd love it. <laughs> I'd love to see it. 
Uh, speaking of the Patriots, they beat the Jets. We both picked the Jets. Uh, it's funny, in my confidence pool, I actually picked the Patriots. I don't know why I didn't pick them here. Um, but Belichick uh, won his 13th straight against the Jets. I, You know, he, he lost big on Monday Night Football. Should have known Belichick wasn't going to lose two in a row. That dude just does something. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, seven catches for 72 yards and 71 yards rushing. I only highlight that because it was against you in our Dynasty League, uh, which I won. So just wanted to bring that up. Uh, for the Jets, Zach Wilson literally threw this I game felt away. bad for you. Huh? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I, you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Zach Wilson threw three interceptions, and I was watching – I think it was Monday night football where they, they showed all three of his interceptions and they were terrible. I mean, he just, he made awful decisions. Um, just not, I don't know. I, they, the jets had been looking so good. And then all of a sudden Zach Wilson looks like a rookie again. Like it was just, that was depressing to see. Hopefully they can bounce back. Steelers Eagles. This, this game was a blowout. Um, AJ Brown, he would six for 156 and three touchdowns, all three of those touchdowns in the first half. I mean, they just, they rolled them. The Eagles, I honestly, and it's funny, last night watching the game, they showed their upcoming schedule. The only teams, actually the only team I think that has a chance to beat them is Dallas. No one else they play the rest of the year, in my opinion, has a chance to beat the Eagles. So very I mean... curious to see if they if they slip up. And, and I mean, they they... Didn't look that great last night, but they still I say, won. I um, mean, the Texans played them pretty close, and if the Texans can do that, they play a decent team. They're going to be uh, in trouble. And they were like that this entire year. They I feel like, had close games against bad teams the entire year. But the Lions almost beat them. Because they always slow down in the second half, and they still won. I don't know. I, I just, I'm on it. I think the Eagles, you know, play, the Giants don't look that threatening anymore. I'm um, with you. This is what I'll say about the Eagles. The Eagles will have the best record in the NFL at the end of the season. However, the Eagles will not be winless at the end of the season. Oh, I, I they mean, are not. They're not undefeated. Good. Sorry, I, I think in terms of winless <laughs> yeah. teams. Um, no, I agree. I, I think Dallas will probably beat them at, at one of the games because I think they play Dallas twice still. So they'll beat them probably in Dallas. So I don't think they're going to go seventeen and zero. But I, I don't. You know, I, I don't see them losing, f- like, what was the Cardinals last year? Starting 8-0 and then finishing, like, 10-7 and or some shit. Like, they're not gonna I do don't that. see that happening for Philly. But, <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not doing that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they play the Commanders, which I know you're going to say they'll win. beat them. Yeah, okay. Of course they well, will. Well, you've, you've said that. Commanders are going to lose several times in the past few weeks. I picked were... the Commanders last week. Thank you very much. But Colts, they'll beat the Colts. They're yes, playing they the will. Packers. Whoever knows against with Aaron Rodgers. See, and I, I would say that Aaron Rodgers could win that game, but then he lost to the Commanders. So now it makes me think that the Packers actually are in trouble. Yeah, yeah true. Uh, Titans, they play the Titans. Who knows if... I would normally say the Titans could probably give him a tough game, but with uh, um, what's his Malik face? Malik Willis. Malik Willis, a quarterback. Maybe that's a little different now. The Giants. They play the Giants twice. The Giants aren't bad. No, but um, I I don't I don't think the Giants are on the same level as Philly. And like they they were close a couple of weeks ago in my mind. I'm like, well, the Giants look really impressive, but now they kind of look more above average, where Philly is more exceptional. Yeah. 
I think Dallas beats them at least once, maybe twice. I but I I don't see. I say I'll give it. You know what? I'll give you this. I think that they lose two games, two more games. That's two probably games re- that's probably season. realistic. I'll, you know what? I bet they I, went I, lose one against Dallas, and I bet they lose one against the Giants. I think they, they play the Giants and the Dallas. Cowboys twice. I think they lose Week 18 when they're resting their starters. Those are the two losses to me. And that's against the Giants. So well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's when the Giants will beat them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the Steelers side, it's just a terrible year for the Steelers. Uh, it's really terrible for Najee Harris. He has one touchdown in eight games. For anyone that drafted him in the first round in fantasy football, it is a heartbreaker. Me, I took him in two leagues. I'm the problem. Um, that's a Taylor Swift reference for you. But, yeah, just just. Sad. Am I the drama? I'm the problem. <laughs> well, no, I know a, what you... Yeah. We're doing it's TikTok trends here. I've heard that song, but there's oh, another. Yeah. Am I, is it me? Am I the drama? Oh, I haven't seen that one on TikTok. No? God, it's fucking everywhere. We have different TikToks. Um... Titans, Texans. <laughs> I'd show you, but but we we'd have to rate this uh, <laughs> explicit. <laughs> um, this Titans, Texans. Has been rated. Please get consent before listening to our <laughs> podcast. Uh, Derrick Henry absolutely murders the Texans. He it is his fourth straight two hundred yard game against Houston. Two hundred rushing yards in four straight games against a divisional opponent. Uh, he ran for two nineteen and two touchdowns. It was also his sixth 200-yard game of his career, which tied O.J. Simpson and Adrian Peterson uh, for most all-time. So he's ran who? for 200 Never yards. heard of her. Huh? I said, who? Never heard of her. He's run for 200 yards six times. He's done it four times against Houston. Like, that's depressing if you're That's Houston. sad <laughs> as a Texans fan. Yes. Um, Do we yeah. have to? Is he hurt this week? I Please know, tell like, me he's hurt. That is, I mean, just just embarrassing. Um, Malik Willis started. He attempted ten passes, uh, as is expected. And then Houston, uh, Houston's just meh. I mean, they 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 played better last night than anyone expected. Um, I like this but, sentence. Yes, Davis Mills is bad, um, <laughs> dude. That, that's my that's my takeaway. <laughs> I was watching the game and I'm like, whoa, shit, who is the Texans quarterback? Because it was this tall white dude. And I'm like, who, who is oh, their yeah. quarterback? And then I'm oh, like, yes. Davis that's Mills. Davis Mills. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't expect much. And then somehow he managed to keep the game closed. But they, like, And they did play a much better game than I think anybody expected last night. Um, well, Vegas certainly didn't expect them to play. Yeah, I know. Yeah, night. we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but the thing for me, like watching Davis Mills play, it's like okay, he could be a backup somewhere. He could be a guy that comes in and fills in when needed to. He's not. He's not an NFL starter. He's not. He's, he's Kyle just, Allen. He's very much Kyle Allen. He's, he's literally Kyle Allen. Yeah. The guy shows flashes of being decent. Yeah, but, but if but you nothing... need to depend on him to be your starter all the time, no, you can't. Which, which Washington uh, has done in the past. So you know. I'm saying, like, don't do that. Oh, my camera's all out of focus all of a sudden. That is, it's, um, it's, it's getting annoying. tired. Tired camera. Yeah, my camera's like guys. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, Damian Pierce though. This is more about last night. That dude looked like a beast. Um, I, I yeah, I'm excited to see him going forward. Commanders, Colts, uh, Taylor Heineke is going to give me an ulcer. Uh, I, I I don't like being titillated 
and I don't like it when my quarterback continually wins games in the last minute. Just win the damn game. Like, just let me relax. <laughs> You'd be I don't a like terrible being on the edge of my fan. seat. I don't like being on the edge of my seat. I love spoilers. I love when a movie's coming out, give me spoilers. Books, everything. I Just spoil it for me. I don't want to sit here for, for three hours wondering what's going to happen. I like to go in knowing, all right, we're going to lose this game. Or, okay, we should be able to win this game. I thought we should be able to win this game. It was close. Um, Heineke was his normal up and down self. And then the last drive, they go drive down for a touchdown. Drove me nuts. But this is the big thing that, that no one is talking about as far as on Washington Twitter. And it drives me nuts. Everybody's talking about, oh, what a throw by Heineke. An amazing play to Terry. Won the game. That's incredible. Way Heineke. Terry, it was a curl route. He comes back to the quarterback, sees Heineke in trouble, starts downfield, throws his hand up. He's got two or three yards on the defender. A better arm throws an easy touchdown to Terry McLaurin in the end zone. Heineke is just not have the arm strength. So he throws a jump ball at the goal line, which thank God Terry McLaurin could win. It's just, it's stuff like that. And, and so, you know, I made a post on there. It's like, listen, I love Heineke's drive, his commitment, his personality, his passion, all that. He's just not a talent. He's not that talented of a quarterback for us to be able to say, this is our starter, which Mm -hmm. everybody, and then people comment, oh, but he won. He won. Yeah, they won. Fantastic. But I'm thinking future. Is he going to win us a Super Bowl? Is he going to win us a playoff game? Is he going to win us a division? Those are the things I think. Well, I already know he can't win a playoff game. Right. I already, yeah. And and definitely this year, ain't going to win shit. It's just. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think your camera is a metaphor for the commander season. It's all blurry. There we go. Now it's better. Everything's out of focus. We don't really know what's going to happen. Well, we're not winning our division because we're like five games out of first place already. Um, even though right, we're, but where we're four are they? Let's. I'm going to bring up the the, the we're, We are in line for a wild card, but we're not winning the division. No, no, no. Screw the division. It's it's the Commanders. But the they are in the top eight in the NFC. Yeah. So they are. If we if we keep this a, up, we I'm could telling sneak you in. there's a chance. We're not going to win that game. <laughs> but not with Heineke, but no. if Sam Howell starts starting and wow. fucking get you. The but playoffs. see, that's the, the other issue then is if we're fighting for a playoff spot, they're not going to turn to Sam Howell. So it that's that's the double sided coin where it's like if you lose out, maybe Tanya you get to see Harding. Howell play. Tanya Harding. Sam Howell is going to go Tanya Harding, Taylor Heineke. Can you imagine the drama? It would, yeah. Can you I mean, it, it would fit our franchise to have that, be, that level of drama. But every eye would be on the commanders. It already is. We're being investigated for financial improprieties. Even more eyes would be on the commanders. We'd just be all all of the news, all of the all the news. news. Can you imagine how cool would it be (laughs) the center of all attention? It would just. uh, But anyways, with Heineke, it just he's not the guy. Like I just I I get that fans. He won the game, so fans are happy, and I get that fans like him, but he's not I, the G- guy. Goff, Goff can win us this game this week against the Packers, and I still won't like him. <laughs> I'll be I, like, oh, we have receivers that caught terrible balls, and we won games. Yeah, exactly. We only we only got that game because Terry McLaurin is just that good of a receiver. Well, that's what you were saying. It's like yeah. he underthrew him. He should if he had thrown it a good pass like any competent quarterback. Yep. 
It would have been easy. I That's hate the to way say I look. Carson Wentz probably could have gotten the ball to Terry in the end zone. He's got a bigger arm than Heineke. But exactly. Wentz probably would have thrown an interception. <laughs> Last season, Peyton Manning probably could have done it. <laughs> um, other issues. So Washington, we, we had no run game, but our offensive line's been banged up and also bad. Um, they had, I think they, they, they were talking about on the, the broadcast, it was their seventh offensive line configuration in eight games. I mean, that's how that's how bad it was. And the other thing about it's, this game, the Colts to, it's fumbled. Good to spread the love around. Yes, the Colts fumbled the ball twice at Washington 17 and the 26. So that's six points at least off the board that the Colts gave up that they would have then won the game. So again, we won. I'm happy, but it's not like I, I'm that confident after this win. It's it's just a win that oh man we fell ass backwards into a victory. Um, uh, not even mentioned in your notes, Taylor Heineke, leading rusher, with six carries. Yeah, the next that's closest, how bad the run game was. <laughs> next closest, only two more carries for Brian Robinson with twenty yards. Yeah. Yay, run game. Um, as far as the Colts, Sam Ellinger, um, he he wasn't terrible, but I mean he didn't he didn't shine. Um, uh, you know, they, he had a ridiculous completion percentage, seventeen of twenty-three. Yeah, uh, yeah, good. It was, well, yeah, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't. He also he also fumbled once. Um, by just yeah, better rating than just kind of dropping the ball. <laughs> um, but again, you know, it was it, jury's still on it. But um, I I I I picked the Commanders. I thought the Commanders could win that game. We did win that game, but it's not a win I'm happy with. I'm not proud of that win. But whatever. Uh, I'll take Rams. any goddamn win I can take. I thought you didn't want moral victories anymore. A win is a win. Losing but keeping it close, that's not a moral victory. A All win right. is a win. It's I not a moral victory. See, it's I'm a win. in the mindset where, especially for the Lions, at this point, just lose out and guarantee oh, aren't yourself. Aren't we spoiled? Oh, we won. But it was close, and I don't feel good about it. Not a moral I, victory. I would rather no, for the Lions. It's not a moral victory. It's a literal victory. victory. They won. Yeah, I'm just not happy with it. Um, I think the Lions should. Well, that must be nice. One pick. What's that the point? Must of, be nice. What's the point of winning at this point for the Detroit though? Just lose, guarantee There's yourself no, a top pick, and get the quarterback. But then. What am I doing? Wasting my team every week watching. I don't watch to watch my team lose. Then they need the to win. <laughs> watch the Cardinals. But they play afternoon. Well. They play in the afternoon. The Cardinals play in the morning. So I watch the Cardinals or Lions, then I watch the Cardinals. All right. Uh, 49ers Rams. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had a hat trick of touchdowns. He ran for one. He passed for one. And he caught one. Uh, it was 94 In his second rushing. game on the team. Yep. Ridiculous. That's when Debo Samuel's not there. It's all McCaffrey. Um, <laughs> that's just a cool. That's just funny to see him do a hat trick. Yeah. Uh, for the Rams, they had 56 yards rushing as a team, and their leading rusher was undrafted free agent Ronnie Rivers. So why they Who? didn't trade for Kareem Hunt, I don't know. Who? Yes, Cam Akers, healthy scratch. Uh, who's the other? Healthy guy scratch, so you could play Ronnie Rivers. Yep. Who's the other running back they have? Why am I blanking on his name right now? Sony, Mich- not Sony Michelle, but he's on the Chargers. Yeah, um, I can't remember right now, but yeah, it's it's. I don't know, man. I don't know what the heck they're doing, but yeah, they ran for fifty-eight yards. And, you know, Cooper Cup got his, but 
He's he's gonna. Uh, He'll always. Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson. And, and Malcolm Brown and is Malcolm on that Brown. team. Yeah. I'm uh, looking at the depth chart on ESPN. Ronnie Rivers apparently doesn't exist. He's back on the practice squad. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they activated like, him and then had him lead the team in rushing and then put him back on the practice squad. I don't know. The Rams. Dude, the the yeah. Rams are a problem. They are just Super down. Bowl champions. To nothing. I at don't know if you're watching Stafford the NBA season. At least I don't know if you're watching the NBA season. But what's up with Cal- California teams? Yeah. Watch <laughs> what the 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 Golden the State Warriors Lakers. have one win maybe. Oh, do they really? I know the Lakers are doing terrible. I haven't seen the. Warriors. I'm thinking of champions. Screw the Lakers. They're terrible. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm thinking of champions. Like the 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 Rams are being are really bad. The Warriors are really bad. So. I'm okay with it. You know, Stafford got his ring. I don't I don't care what else happens after this. Um, no, no, no. That that's that's the main point. My boy yeah. has a big rock on his finger. He's going he's and he's in the Hall of Fame. Haters be damned. Ah, suck at your back. Giant Seahawks. Uh Seahawks, it's annoying, but they're doing really well. Um Geno Smith outdoing Daniel Jones. As an NFC North main fan, I love Seeing the Seahawks do well. I don't Why? even care. Why? Because yeah. it's crazy. They should have. Oh. They were. In con- <laughs> they should be in contention for the number one pick. They are leading they a division filled yeah. with the Rams, the uh, the Cardinals, who were supposed to be good, and um, 49ers. that other the Forty Niners. That, that other team. Good. I mean, it is it is amazing, and it would be one of those stories that that would be fun to follow if I wasn't a Cardinal fan. Um, I mean, I it's it's I don't hate, well, I hate Pete Carroll. I don't hate Geno Smith. So seeing Geno Smith do well is more like, man, good for him. Like after all these years and and just, I mean, everything he went through with the Jets, like to be able now he's in Seattle and he's playing well. Like, yeah, that's good for him. I don't. Um, I think I've come to a realization this season. I didn't hmm. hate Pete Carroll. I think I hated Russell Wilson. Oh, that's funny. I'm opposite. I had no issue with Russell Wilson. I hate. I, I, he was hyped. Russell Wilson was hyped so much. And I would have told you before he was traded that I thought Russell Wilson was overrated because the last two to three years in Seattle, once Marshawn Lynch retired, that guy couldn't throw a pass to save his life. And the idea of let Russell cook was a joke because even if they had, he couldn't do anything. He's now in, in Denver where he should be cooking and he can't do anything there either. The guy can't throw a pass to save his life. He was, he was a good runner at the beginning of his career, which led them to a Super Bowl. The guy won't run because if he gets hit, He's afraid of getting it. I, I when think I the, hated Russell Wilson. When was the year that he started off super hot and then and then went downhill? What what season was that? Wasn't that the season after the Super Bowl? Um, no, I think it was twenty twenty. That was the year. So for the first like eight or nine games. He was like an, the MVP front runner, and then he just cooled off right after that. That it's like ever since then he's been garbage. Um, there was a stat, and I remember seeing it multiple times over the last couple of seasons, where he was, you know how like Peyton Manning, 
Tom Brady, they get old and they can't pass the ball past the 15-yard line. Yeah. Russell Wilson has been that guy for like three years. He can't throw the ball deep. See, yeah, it was it – was, see, I think three years I, – I I'll give you two years. Because 2020, he started off his first eight games. Um, he was on fire. But then he – completely fell off and then last year was bad and this year's even worse um but my problem with pete carroll is a the whole usc thing still pisses me off and then i've never felt like he's really controlled his team every every time you see him or or hear about him talked about by his players he seems more like he just lets them do whatever they want to and he just got a lot of credit for having great players during the legion of boom and marshawn lynch and everything um i i just but but now you know, how, you, know, you know who else does that? Cliff uh, Kingsbury, and they oh, lose. No. So yeah. <laughs> there must be something going on with he Pete gets, Carroll. He gets credit for not even doing anything. Um, but but this year, well, and I was gonna say, watching them this year with Geno Smith performing so well in that offense, it's all right. Well, maybe Pete Carroll in that offense, you know, it actually is good. Um, but I, I still I, don't like Pete Carroll. I heard a stat still, about this. There's so many stats that make me th- like watching the Seahawks right now. And the, one of the other ones is that they have six rookies starting and doing well. Six of them. Wow. Both their tackles, which is unheard of. That's absolutely crazy. For Geno Smith to be thriving the way he is with two rookie tackles is crazy. Kobe Bryant... That that defensive oh, yeah. back they have, he's ridiculously good. They have love so many rookies on their team that are Kenneth doing Walker. Good. It's just I crazy. love Kenneth Walker, man. He's uh, Kenneth Walker is one of my favorite rookie running backs. Uh, you consider we've got Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and Damian Pierce this year. All three rookies that look like they're going to be good running backs for years to come. Kenneth Walker is probably my favorite. Um, yeah, it's nuts. But, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, so all right, Packers Bills. Yeah, uh, Giants Packers, real quick. Bills. Um, uh, I would just like to throw this out. I know we're not to the week nine preview yet, and we'll get there in a second. Your confidence pick was the Bills 14 plus. Thank God you didn't hit it. I was very close. I was so bummed. They were, you were 14 yeah. plus, they were 10 plus. So yes, I was like, oh, I know. thank God. Because I didn't hit my confidence pick of the Jaguars. Three plus. You did not. Yeah. <laughs> I was so I was so excited because well we'll get into it, but I it would have been a, a even better week for me than it ended up being. Yeah. Um, but real quick, so about the Giants, just a, a note. You know, Saquon Barkley got shut down. The Giants are really if Saquon Barkley's not leading that team, Daniel Jones with their crappy receivers is not going to do it. So that's that's in my opinion. Crappy receivers minus Tony now. Yeah. Who's- and Galladay, Tony back. wasn't in playing in that game, and Galladay still didn't get involved. I don't know what the hell's going on with that guy. But, yeah, Packers, Bills. I mean, Bills, we knew they were going to win. Um, they slowed down in the second half. Allen threw two interceptions. They should have gotten the plus 14, except they decided to take their, their foot off the gas. And then for the Packers, I actually – they had two young receivers. Romeo Dobbs, four for 62 and a touchdown. He's he's already had a couple good games. And then Samore Tori, who was their preseason standout, got uh, finally got to play, and he caught a 37-yard touchdown. So, for the Packers, they need pass catchers. It's like, listen, they've got so many young ones. Somebody just needs to step up and, and be be the, the next you know leader. So, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, Bengals Browns. 
I don't know how the hell the Bengals they uh, Jamar Chase is out and the Bengals just all like all of a sudden look like crap. Um, the offensive line couldn't stand up to Miles Garrett. I should have pulled his stat, um, but they they only ball ran the ball ten times too, which I thought was confusing as hell. Um, Nick Chubb for the Browns. Uh, all I remember is before the season, no one was talking about Chubb in fantasy football. He was like a third round pick, and that dude, all he does is score touchdowns and run the ball. Such a great running back. Um, but you know, again, good for the Browns. They run one I did not expect. And for the Bengals, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell their problem was. I don't know why they ran the ball ten times. Like, run the ball more. I, you, I, you'll mix I, Bengals in the Super Bowl. Browns decent last year. I don't know why this was a Monday night game. Like, what? Why the was this in primetime? It's the who, battle for Ohio. If you're not in Ohio, who cares? I have no idea. It was such a bad... <laughs> ugh. Yeah. Well, especially it got it got boring as like the Bengals couldn't do anything. What week is this? What the, wait, 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 what week is this? That was week uh, eight. This is yeah. That was so they might have scheduled this when they thought Deshaun Watson was going to be out six games Probably. instead of eleven. This is terrible. Uh, that was Miles just Garrett bad. had where the hell was he? He had one and a half sacks, but Burrow got sacked five times. So Browns defense, you know, good for them. But again, <laughs> ten passes. Or 35 passes, 10 rushes. Like, run the damn ball. Yeah. I, I don't know. Whatever. But anyways, that's right. week eight. We, we try to power through it. It's still already been two hours, so. Yeah. Gonna, we said this would be a long through. one. The trade deadline, we knew it was going to be a long one. Trade deadline added a lot. Um, yes. We'll go into, uh, real quick, week the week nine Thursday night foreplay on our bets here. It was a closer game between the Texans and the Eagles than I thought it was going to be. Which shows up in the bets. So what was, what was your your four leg parlay? So I did Miles Sanders over seventy nine and a half rushing yards. Uh, hit that. Uh, AJ Brown anytime touchdown. Hit that. I did the Eagles minus fourteen. That was dumb. I knew it was dumb at the time, but I did it anyways. I almost I almost switched to minus eight and a half because I, I was reading online and somebody said you know eight and a half. Because they'll probably win by like, you know, nine or 10. I'm like, all right, I should have switched it. I didn't. Stupid. I should have bought the uh, points. And then I did under 45 and a half. I honestly thought this game was going to be like 28 to 10. Like that, that was my hope. 28 to 10. And I hit both those. But yeah, good for the Texans. They kept it closer. I, the Texans, when I was looking, had scored points. So I, I figured they were going to score points. I just didn't figure they were going to keep it close. And somehow that entire game, they were able to keep the game close. Yeah, the tie at halftime really killed you. Well, the tie at halftime was... I knew at halftime my bet was over. That's what really screwed me. Um, Let's just go through it real quick. I also, like you, bet the Philadelphia Eagles on the 14-point spread. So they needed to win by... 15, which means they needed to win by more than two touchdowns, which in itself is dumb not to. No, they, they the could have side. won by 14. If, if they won by 14, we still. I thought it. if it was tied, it was a push and you lost it. No, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it is because. Because yeah. it's like like the double result tie is a tie, you know. Um, anyways, Philadelphia did not cover that. Um, I bet the double that Philadelphia would be winning at halftime and would be winning at the end of the game, 
They won the end of the game, and it was tied at halftime, so I lost at halftime. I bet A.J. Brown with 50-plus yards, which he got. Chris Moore, who was like the third-string uh, third string wide receiver for the Texans, who was thrust into a starting role. I bet him at 29.5 yards receiving the over on that, and he got it because during the course of a game, your second wide receiver's if they're not getting 30 yards in the game, there's no chance you're even close. So Chris Moore had a good game, too. Yeah, I had, I got two out of four. I did not get the double, the double result, and I did not get the spread. So Yep, I had two out of four as well. You know, one of these days. Every, every week. We have not won eight weeks into the season. Neither of us won one of our four plays. But we are consistently... Three out of four or two out of four. I think there's only one time that I've been like one or zero. So we're get one of these days. We're getting there. One of these days we're gonna hit it. Well, yeah, I should have exactly. just done an easy one instead of doing the spread. Just done Eagles money line. Um, but I still would have missed on the over under. So all right. Exactly. Well then, let's. Uh, that was Thursday night. So let's talk about Week Nine. Get into our picks. All right. Let's go straight into Week Nine. And start doing some picks. Let's talk about week eight. I spent weeks, weeks, bringing it back to a tied record. And you went 10 and three, 10 and three last week. My, my first went, week back to the podcast, uh, you know, in a couple weeks. And I, I had to do it big. 10 and three. I went seven and six. So... I had tied the record, and now I'm down by three again. Boy, if, if I had hit my Bills uh, point spread pick and, and had a four-game cushion, oh, that would have been so nice. I think I had Jacks, Jacksonville by three-plus on whoever they played last week, and they yep. lost. So yeah, they didn't was, even win the game. <laughs> yeah. Boo. Yep. Um, let's see. So you're 68 and 45 and one. And I'm 65 and 48 and one. I'm gonna be honest here. I'm gonna erase the ones off here and just forget they ever existed because we oh. never we didn't pick anyone to tie. I know, I know. So, we never will pick anyone to tie, so it's not like it really matters. Yeah, I'm taking that off because it just feels weird to say that every week. You're 68 and 45. I'm 65 and 48. So there's that. Um, Still close. Jumping. I mean, one week, as we can see, one week can make a swing, man. So you never know. And while I'm trying to beat you, I am just proud of the fact that I am what? I picked 65 right to 48 wrong. That's a pretty good I number, I think. I, I know. I, I, I'm, pr- I'm proud of it because look at it this way. If you, if you bet a dollar on every game every week for the season, you would be up $17. You know, honestly, there was a week where I went through every pick I made where I had a lot of money in my actual uh, – in my actual uh, account on did you, did you bet some of them i bet every game for a dollar and yes. i came out ahead that week i need to do it every week but i also need to have money in my account be it the, because the foreplay is screwing me every week <laughs> so yeah <laughs> um starting off first we got the chargers at atlanta they are the the chargers are the favorites and the spread is Minus three. So it is a close game for the number one team in the division, Atlanta, against the Chargers. 
You know, this is a tough one because I don't know if you saw today. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, both out. But they did say Austin Eckler should play. Uh, Josh Palmer, their third receiver, should play. And Atlanta, you know, they they better than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. But I still just don't I, I don't see them pulling this off. I, I got to go with the Chargers. All right. I'm going to start off by disagreeing, and I'm going to pick right. Atlanta. because it's, it's a real possibility. I will, I will tell you this. In my confidence pool, this is one of my lowest-ranked games. I picked the Chargers, but I rated them very low because... Name a Charger uh, receiver not named Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Josh Palmer. Wrong. See, you can't do it. It's it's just hard to do. <laughs> Hey, no, I know what you mean. Anyways, it's, it there's is, no yeah. one. Uh, name okay. Here's a good one. Name the Chargers tight end. Uh, Donald Parham. Is that it? That sounds right. So. Now you got to remember because it's not we, Antonio we, Gates or we both, uh, who's the other guy that was really good. Um, tall uh, guy, really good. Yeah, didn't he sign with New England? Right. I think so. Yeah. Um. Oh, Gerald Everett, but Donald Parham is on the team. You got to remember, though, we both we both like the Chargers because we lived in San Diego for a while. So I I do somewhat follow their their roster moves a little bit. Um, My biggest problem with the Chargers is that they should be good and they're bad. Yeah, well, yeah and Atlanta yeah. should be bad, but they're good. They well, played. I, they played li- every game they've played has been close. Doesn't matter who they played, good or bad. The they Chargers are, a team. are still four and three. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> they should yeah. be better than four and three. <laughs> like the teams they've lost to, that's the that's the that's the ticket here. Four and three, sure. The teams that they have played too close. I mean, I guess the Chiefs that's, in Seattle. The ch- Here's the thing that's to do with the Chargers, right? I say no more moral victories for the Lions when they lose. Chargers is like no moral victories when they win, but they barely win bad teams. And that is their story of their season. So no, I would love I mean, to have that problem, but that's, that's the way it goes with the Chargers. It's it's definitely a, a going to be a close game in my opinion, but I, I still I, – I just have to give it to the Chargers. They, they're coming off their bye week. I, I have to hope that they've kind of figured shit out, but we'll see. All right, next up you've got Miami minus four and a half at Chicago. Miami is favored. I am picking the Dolphins, and I'm actually going to make my spread pick here and say they win by at least a touchdown. So they win by seven or more is what I'll say. So this is your confidence pick? This is my this is gonna be my spread pick. I don't know that how is this hilarious. Is, I don't know how me. this is only four and a half. Because I was going to make this my confidence pick. You can. At, let's, at, let's see. <laughs> at six. At six? I was going to say six. All right, yeah. I, I, I'm saying seven or more. So uh, you can do six. <laughs> but I four and a half only? I bet this, by the way. I bet Miami to cover that absolutely. Like, that's so... What? <laughs> and the Bears just gave up their best defensive player? Two of them. Yeah. Well, at least... As far as last season went with Quinn, yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna, I, I'm I not, know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save my confidence and see if I find another now? one I like for now. All right, 
I might. Bring I just it back. thought that one was that yeah. one was too easy. I'm like that one was just. That's too why it was going to be mine too. I'm like, there's no way. Four and a half. Come on. That's the part that kills me. Like that spread. So weird. I don't get right. it. Next up, you got Carolina at Cincinnati minus seven. And here we go with the spreads making no sense. Yeah. So Carolina's since CMC's been gone, Carolina has been playing everyone. Very and close. Cincinnati looked like garbage. And on Cincinnati Monday night. is bad. But B-A-Y-A-D, bad. I still have to pick the Bengals in this one. I, I again, I'm not overly confident in it, but I still have to pick the Bengals. I am also picking the Bengals only because while Carolina has played teams tough, they are not winning. So yeah. They really beat the Bucks, well, I mean, they beat the, the Buccaneers Falcons. real bad, but lost to the Falcons. So. I mean, the Bengals, the Bengals look like crap on Monday night, but I, I, I have to imagine that they're going to get that shit turned around. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Green Bay, Detroit, Green Bay's favored by only three and a half. Again, I already filled I, in my pick. You know who I'm I've, picking. Of course, I'm going to pick the Packers. Because I've already said it. Unless yeah. the Lions win a game, I'm never picking them ever. This is another one, honestly. I mean, no offense to the Lions, but I see only three and a half, and I think, really? That's awfully low. Like, Well, the Lions play everyone close, and then they lose. They give me enough hope to keep watching the They give me enough hope to, to, to work a 12-hour shift the night before and sleep two and a half hours, wake up to watch the game, to only, like, then be mad and try to take a two-hour nap to go back to work. You know what you should shift. do? Honestly... Don't wake up to watch this game. Just wake up whenever, and I, I guarantee the Lions pull off the upset. They will I play well and don't, win while you're sleeping. That might happen next week. I don't work tomorrow night, so... Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I will be up to watch this game. We will we will try that next week, then, when they play uh, the I'll tell Bears. you what I... Perfect. I'll, They'll I'll actually tell, win that game. I'll tell you what I did do last week. I bet twenty dollars on on the, the team that played the Lions. I yeah. bet twenty bucks on the Lion on the Dolphins, and when they lost, I wasn't as mad because I made I told some you. money. It's, that's what I did in uh, twenty nineteen when we went two and fourteen, and yeah, it it takes the edge off quite a bit actually. I was like, all right, well, we lost. We got a better. We're still in line for that number one pick, and I just made a bunch of money. So. Yeah. I definitely, um, I, I definitely think in two weeks on the 13th, the Lions play the Bears. You absolutely need to sleep through that game because not only is that a game the Lions should win, if you're sleeping, you oh, they're going to win like 38 to 10. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and, and if they lose, I still won't be mad. Yeah, I'm like, just got sleep. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm awake. I don't have to sleep through the Cardinals game in the afternoon. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> no. All right, next up you got Indianapolis at New England. New England is favored five and a half points. I'm going New England. Mm. This is tough. Yeah. You want to you, you you make a, a you know different pick and try to gain some ground? That's fine. Because when you're wrong, I'll extend my lead a little bit. That's the biggest problem. I think next week I should get to pick first. That's fine. Well, you get to pick second. Because I just, I don't worry about who you're picking. I just pick who I want to pick. Well, of course you do, because you've picked first every podcast. We'll see what you really think. You want to pick first the rest of the way? 
Maybe. Yeah. All right, Indianapolis at New England. Um, pick New England. I just think at home, Sam Ellinger, Belichick loves to eat up young quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't understand this next game, by the way. Buffalo at New York Jets. Buffalo favored by 11.5 points. Yep. They, they, the Vegas fell out of love with the Jets awfully quick. One game, and they're like, <laughs> okay, the Jets are garbage again. I Yeah, I mean, I, I know Buffalo obviously is going to win this game, but Buffalo doesn't usually, like, what was the line was 14 against the Packers, and they won by, I think, 12. I mean, in this one, it's like, yeah, they're going to win, but I don't think they're going to blow out the Jets. The Jets' defense isn't that terrible. And I, I just don't – I see the Bills running a lot just to run out the clock. I, like, I don't know. It's 11 and a half. Sorry, I'm spending a long time writing out my answer because it's the same as last week. No, oh, all right. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. You like the Jets to pull off the upset, huh? 11 and a half points. Are you freaking kidding me? Not only are they going to cover the spread, they're going to win the game at home. They oh, are see, a good team. We're picking the winner, not if they're going to cover the spread. Um, well, like I said, they're not only are they going <laughs> to cover the spread, they're going to win the game. Well, so, you should bet they're, they're plus 460 on the money line. Of I course mean, they are because they're a, good money off that bet. The, the spread is 11 and a half. Of course it's that high. I will okay. bet that 100 times. Uh, so, well, I'm going with the Bills. I, I, I the Jets, think the Bills listen, are that good. Uh, well, I don't think the Bills are bad. If the Jets weren't at home, I wouldn't pick them. But the Jets are good, and they're at home. I don't know how in the world you get Buffalo 11 and a half. It would make more sense if it was like six and a half, because at least you're yeah. still giving love to the Bills and not shitting on the Jets, but the Jets don't deserve an 11 and a half spread. I tell you, I, I placed a bet on a couple of the spreads this week um, that I think are a little out of whack, <laughs> but this was one of them. I think the Jets cover 11 and a half. I just don't think they win. Minnesota, Washington. Minnesota's favored by three. You go first. I thought this was your week to go first. I go first next week. You also, I thought you'd go the rest of the games. You can go first. Oh, we're doing that. Yeah. You can start going first now, and then you can go first next week, too. Well, I'm going to pick the opposite of what I want a bit. Pick, take the Vikings. <laughs> uh, why, do you, why do you want to take the Commanders? You think Taylor Heineke pulls off another last-second win? Tyler Henneke's 2-0 this season. He is. Why, why bet against him when he hasn't lost yet? All right. Uh, I'm picking the Vikings. I, I think... Well, I knew that. That's why yeah. I, I wanted to take the same one as you. You'll never right. pick the Commanders ever, so... I picked the Commanders last week, and they won. True. You wouldn't take... You'll never take pick the Commanders against a team with a winning record. How's that? I, I would not. That, that, is an, <laughs> that is accurate, and I will stand by that. I will take yeah, but my see, team here's the when thing, I difference think they between, can win the game. Here's the difference between me and you. I picked the Lions against good teams when they were scoring a lot of points. I yeah. did not pick them because they lose everything now. Your team is still winning games, and the Vikings, as much as they want to believe they're good, 
I don't think they're that great. And the Commanders are decent. So do I think this will be a close game? Absolutely. I, I appreciate your confidence in, in my team. Um, I'm confused by not thinking the Vikings are a good team. They're 6-1. and one. They have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins. Not, not a TJ Hawkinson now. Okay, That's let me rephrase today. then. <laughs> I don't think that they're a... They're not burning the world down. They're like the no. Eagles. The Eagles are a no, good no, no, team. No. The Vikings but the are not Eagles, the Eagles. The Eagles, well, I think they're similar. I think either one of them can be beat every single week. Okay. They're just finding ways to win. The Eagles have, the Eagles, a lot of the Eagles wins have not been blowouts. The Cardinals almost beat them. The Lions almost beat them. There's so many teams that almost beat the Eagles. I know almost doesn't count, right? But my point is that there are, if you play any other, any given week in the NFL, anyone can win. Washington has shown that any given week they can win, which is why I have faith that they could probably win this game. But odds I, are they I, aren't going to. So your argument of there is a chance they can win this game is There's correct. always a chance. Yes, okay, yes. I understand that. My point is Washington is winning. And Minnesota is not blowing everyone out. That's my point. Washington has won two close games against Sam Ellinger and a depleted Packers team. And yes, now you're playing. Yes, we're winning. But and now you're playing your former quarterback. You think he's going to light the world on fire? I think he's going to light us on fire. Um, okay. They've the Eagle. The, the Vikings have beaten Arizona. Supposed to be a good team. They beat Miami. That is a good team. Um, Eh, Chicago, Detroit, New Orleans. So, you know, it's a hodgepodge, but they're still a better team than the Commanders. And when I make my picks, I look at, all right, which team is going to win? What was the score against the Lions? do I want to win? (laughs) How close have their games been? Uh, Let's see. 28-24, 28-25, 29-22, That was Miami. 34-26. How close have the Commanders games been? Literally one point. <laughs> My point exactly. Okay, so going so your into point the is next that the game. Commanders can win the game, which yes, but you're you're but, but supposed like, to pick okay, who's let, going to win the game, not who can win the game. Everyone the, can win any game. <laughs> you're missing the point. I don't want to further distance myself from you by picking games that I shouldn't. I feel Grace. like the that Washington's going to win this game. Are is the smart pick to pick the Commanders? No, so I'm not taking the Commanders. See, all right, that's fair. That's fine, but you tell me I don't it pick my sm- team. I pick my team when I think they can win the game. I don't think they can win this game. I picked my team last week when I thought they could win the game and they won the game. So don't tell me I don't have faith okay, in my well, team and I don't okay, pick my listen, team. Listen, listen, I didn't know I touched a nerve. I didn't know that's where we were with this. Well, it, it's I, just, I don't think you don't believe in your team. I I'm a realist that. fan. I, I pride myself on I, being a realist. And the, I looking the at this game. Was the, the difference was at the beginning of the season, I picked the Lions a lot. You did. And then they lost multiple games. And I'm like, I'm not picking them again until they win. They're not winning. Now, I'm okay. not picking them. You next week when they play the Bears, are you going to pick them? The Lions? Yes. 
No, because they haven't won, and I said I'm not picking them until they win. All right. In that situation, like, I can understand not picking them against the Dolphins, but against the Bears, I'm, I'll probably pick the Lions in that game. I think Good. there's a better record. The Bears have a better record than the Lions. They do have a better record. I don't Bears. think they're a better team. I don't. Talent-wise, I don't think either. But we don't win on paper, and you don't get moral victories. That's so. very true. The record is all that matters. Oh, we'll get a better pick, even if we're a better team. Uh, Min- Las Vegas at Jacksonville, minus two and a half. Las Vegas yeah. is favored by two and a half. Yeah, I'm picking first again, apparently. So yeah. I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's I was gonna pick them too, actually, because I don't know why the Vegas this Vegas is favored in this game. They just got Maybe because it's by the Saints. Vegas is picking Vegas, apparently. <laughs> that home field advantage helps. Um, yeah, I know I, I've picked the Jaguars, and, and they've they've really gone downhill since, like, week two or three. I just think the Raiders are worse, man. Like, they looked so bad against the Saints last week, and I am just so unimpressed with them. I, the Raiders are a bad... It doesn't make any sense. The Raiders are a bad team. Yes, they they are with good yeah. talent. It makes no sense. It's Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I, that is. I go to coaching a lot. I've, oh, I've yeah. seen so many coaches in Detroit where I'm like, we have players. Why aren't we doing well? And uh, then the new coach comes in and gets rid of the players. Gets rid of the players or just continues to make them look like garbage. And well, yeah, because you can look at, um, I mean, look at the Giants. They they literally oh. just changed their coach this year, and they're a totally different team than last year. So it just came back to me in my head what I was thinking when I went to the bathroom when you were talking about the Cardinals. Okay, I'm glad you were thinking about me in the bathroom. I love thinking about you. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury is uh, Joe Lombardi as a head coach. A oh, thousand okay. Because a lot, of, a lot of credit and no results. Well, no, it's not really that. It's it's a person that is considered a offensive, a good offensive coordinator or a good offensive mind that thinks that throwing screens behind the line of scrimmage is the way to win football games. Yeah. And Joe Lombardi has never been a head coach. I don't think he should ever be a head coach. Unless some team that he coaches is good in some magical capacity, but they are never. He, he calls the same plays that Arizona plays with, with uh, Kingsbury as the head coach. And it never works. I feel like those two are the exact same. Somehow Kingsbury got gifted a head coaching job and he's just not good. I don't know. So, um, no, I agree. Um, I, I'm tired of Cliff Kingsbury. Um, but I'm also tired of Steve Kahn and Kyler Murray, and yet we're tied to all three of them for like four more years. So, uh, speaking of Arizona, buckle in Seattle, Seattle at Arizona with somehow Arizona favored by one and a half points. Yeah. Um, I think I said this early. In the past, about Arizona as well. I'm not picking them until they win. 
Yep. And I'm I going like Seattle. Seattle, so I'll be at this game. I am not looking forward to all the Seahawk fans that will be there. Um, but and I'm also not looking forward to seeing Arizona lose. But I'm still going. But yeah, I, they're not going to win this game. Yep, I agree. Uh, Rams at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay favored by three. Normally, I'd be confused why Tampa Bay, who's terrible, would be favored by three. But the Rams are also terrible somehow. This is a funny game because at the beginning of the year, you would have looked at it and thought, oh, Rams, Tampa Bay, that's going to be a great game. Now you look at it and like, this is going to be such just a, a mess on the field. These are two And teams. it'll be on TV. Like, yes. so in it, here where I live, if you're not watching, if you're not watching Sunday Ticket, you get two games in the afternoon. Usually it's the Cardinals, and then it's another game. I guarantee this was the game they picked for the other game. Yeah, because uh, the other game is going to be CBS, so you're probably going to get... Oh, there are only two afternoon games, actually. So you should be fine. <laughs> Weird. There's only two afternoon games. Rams got destroyed by the 49ers last week, 31-14, to 14, and the Bucks. Did. Didn't or the Bucks got destroyed on not destroyed the Ravens beat them twenty seven twenty two on Thursday night football in a in a game that Tom Brady had three hundred twenty five yards and touchdown so Tom Brady's like second in the NFL in passing <laughs> it's weird you want to go first uh, I guess I am the first guy it, this is hard to call but I'm gonna call Tampa Bay only because they're in Tampa Bay this is a toss up. If they, were in the, if they were in the L.A., I would pick the Rams. Uh, yeah, Th- this one is is really close. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to go with the Rams, though. Um, it's probably stupid of me, but, you know, we need we need a couple more differences anyways. And and it's it's one of those games that I, you know, when you look at the spread, what is this? It spreads like three. Um, Make your next two picks after you explain this, and I'll be right back. All right. Um, I just, you know, there's always games each week that that end up being quote-unquote upsets. And this one's so close in my mind that plus three, I've already, I mean, I've already bet that. I think the Rams cover three. I, I think they can win this game. It is obviously going to be stupid, you know, just ugly football. But I, I have to believe that the Rams... Cooper Cup is is just so damn good, and the and the Rams defense. I mean, they still have Aaron Donald. They still have Jalen Ramsey. I don't know. I I think they. I I gotta pull, I gotta pick at least one upset, and I think they pull this off. Um. Next two games: Tennessee, Kansas City. Uh, that one's easy. Kansas City. Again, Kansas City's favored by twelve and a half. I think that's insane. I think Tennessee covers twelve and a half. I don't know where that comes from. Um. So I bet that. I bet Tennessee to cover that. Baltimore, New Orleans. I'm going Baltimore again. That's a no-brainer. I mean, New Orleans won last week. Good for them. But Baltimore is is just they're a better team, and they added Roquan Smith. So you know they're gonna they're gonna more people to tackle Alvin Kamara. Um, Baltimore's only favored by two and a half. Again, that's I feel like Baltimore should be favored more than that. I mean, the Saints aren't that freaking good, but it is what it is. Uh. But, uh, but yeah, there are a couple. Uh, let me see, actually. I'm going to look up one of my bets. I, I bet. 
I always like to go in about a dollar on a bunch of like a parlay that where I pick an outcome from every game and then bet a dollar on it so that if I hit, you know, 14, 13, however many games are this week, I win like three grand. Um, but uh, let's see. Ravens, two and a half. I bet that. I think they cover that. Uh, Titans, again, I, I bet the Titans to cover 12 and a half. I don't, the Chiefs, Chiefs are going to win, but they're not going to win by 14. Rams plus three. I bet that. Seahawks plus 1.5. I bet that. They're going to win. Jaguars plus two and a half. I bet that. They're going to win. Uh, Chargers minus three. See, I would actually bet the Falcons to cover three because there's the chance they win and you get better odds, but I did pick the Chargers. Panthers plus seven. I think the Bengals win, but not by seven. That's a little outrageous, so I'd, I'd bet the Panthers plus seven. Uh, Vikings minus three. I wouldn't touch that. Green Bay minus three and a half. I'd bet that. Uh, I think they win by probably a touchdown dolphins minus four and a half they they definitely win by a touchdown i still don't get that bills minus 11 and a half i yeah i think the jets cover that like how they cover 11 and a half colts plus five and a half i probably wouldn't bet that i think belichick against a, a quarterback making a second career start it's in new england i mean belichick always does crazy shit i i think he He'll find a way to, to get in Ellinger's face and shut him down. So, that's that. What else? Uh, well, while we wait for Punk, I think I'm just going to dive into our fantasy sleepers from last week and recut those. So, week eight, uh, I had picked Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. He was the 12th ranked quarterback. He finished 6th against Arizona with 31.8 points. So, that was a, a good pick if you if you played him. Dan went with Matthew Stafford. Unfortunately, he finished 21st at quarterback, so not good. Uh, I picked Miles Sanders as my running back against Pittsburgh. He was ranked 17th. He finished 21st, so, I mean, he finished right in line with where he was ranked, but obviously that's a loss because I thought he was going to do well. Uh, and then Dan had James Robinson against the Patriots, who unfortunately only ended up with five carries after the trade, so we both moved <laughs> on running backs. All red um, for me this week. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I only, I only got two. It was not a good week for either one of us, but why don't you go ahead and do your picks for the last two games? I think they should be pretty obvious, but you never know. Oh, what, oh, for the week nine? Yeah, for Kansas Tennessee, City, Tennessee. at Kansas City, I'll take Tennessee, I'll cover the spread, but I'll take Kansas City to win the game. Yeah, like I said, I definitely, I bet Tennessee to cover 12 and a half. I think that's an easy bet. Um, Tennessee like just 12 and a half. Tennessee just freaking Derrick Henry just ran all over. Yeah, they destroyed the Texans. So twelve and a half, especially for the Chiefs who haven't been blowing anyone away this year. Like no, I don't know not why blowing anyone out. I don't oh, know. Oh, they why got that... Kadarius Tony. They're gonna blow people away now. Like they'll win the game, but not by thirteen points. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore at New Orleans. That's easy as well. Baltimore. Yeah. I don't. I, so. I thought Baltimore only by two and a half was kind of weird. I thought they should be favored. Yeah, why? Well, I, I was. I was listening to you again yeah. as I left the room. But Baltimore two and a half. That doesn't. That numbers don't make sense to a New Orleans team that's starting Andy Dalton while Jameis Winston yeah. is healthy. There's so. there's a couple. There's a lot of upset like like against the spread to to bet like put a parlay together and make a bet and you know win some win some moolah. Well, the good thing about us doing the Thursday night foreplay is that there's always the 
the the the cover bet where every week if you bet up to five dollars uh this is not an ad by the way but every week <laughs> if you bet up to five dollars on FanDuel's sports book if you lose that foreplay which i've lost every week you get five dollars in free bets so i always bet five dollars on the foreplay i always lose it and then i have five dollars to bet you know on sunday so i'm gonna take that five dollars and put it into some of these spreads because they're so ridiculous yeah you know and and this will be one of them kansas city will be one of them the other one will yep. be that 11 and a half buffalo jet spread so yep yeah. Miami against the Bears. In fact, you know what? I've got FanDuel open right now. I'm going to make the bet right now. Jets plus 11.5. Miami minus 4.5. Seahawks plus 1.5. Titans plus 12.5. Ravens minus 2.5. I'm going to bet a whole buck to win 25. That's a good bet. Yeah. I'll take 25 bucks. That would cover my foreplay next week. Yeah, <laughs> it'll cover a few weeks for me to lose that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, uh, so you did not make your uh, point spread pick. I did not. It was going to be... It was going to be Miami, but then I took it. It was going to be Miami, and then it became... Um, where'd it go? It was... I had one in mine, and I've lost it. I think it was going to be Green Bay plus three against the Lions. Okay, so you're going to go, instead of three and a half, you're going to go three? No. All right. I mean, three and a, it could be three and a half. It could be three. It doesn't really matter. I think Green Bay will win by more than a field goal. All right. That's fair. So. I, I agree. I, I think they win by by more than that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. All right. Well, there you that's go. That's so just we got another our... – gets another one in where I'm happy with the Lions losing. I get double points. <laughs> unless they, unless they uh, lose by two. <laughs> or win by two. Yeah, or I'll win. only yeah. get one point. If they I don't win, get the confidence point. Well, if the Lions win, you don't get any points. No, try, true. Yeah. So that would be the worst possible outcome for you. <laughs> yeah. But I'd still be happy because the Lions won. So. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. Well, we've got three different. So if they all swing your way, we could end up tied again next week. Who do, what was it again? We got. Uh, I have Atlanta over the Chargers. Atlanta. That's going to be a close one. That is a close one. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay and the Rams, another close one. And then you picked the Jets over the Bills, which I. I don't see that happening. I love your optimism. I don't see that happening. Well, you say that a lot, but I have won a lot of those, so I'm yes. okay with it. <laughs> that All right, back that to would, where you were with the fantasy sleepers. All right, so we finished running back. Uh, wide receiver, I called Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he was the 20th ranked receiver. He ended up 11th, uh, 20.1. You had Tyler Boyd with the Browns. He ended up being the 29th receiver, so not uh, not a good week for him, even with Jamar great. Chase out. But it just wasn't a good night for the Bengals as a whole. Both our tight ends were terrible. I picked Tommy Tremble because he caught a touchdown the week prior. Uh, He had 3.7 points. You picked Will Disley against the Giants. He ended up with 3.2 points. So, yeah, 
We both, uh, out of out of eight players, uh, only two of them worked out. So not a great week, fantasy sleeper wise. Hmm. But then this week, I'm once again going to the Kirk Cousins well. He is the 13th ranked quarterback this week, playing Washington's uh, pass defense. I think he's going to finish in the top 10. So yeah, that's uh, that's my quarterback sleeper. I'm going to take Sam Ellinger against New England. All right. Alec Pierce has a good game. He had a, he had a pretty Ellinger. good game against Washington. Actually, Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce had uh, pretty good games. I really um, like Alec Pierce. I think he's going to be a good no. receiver. I do too. I also like Michael Pittman though. So Let hopefully. me take that back. Unless the Colts take another wide receiver early next year. Yeah. <laughs> so they should be taking a quarterback. <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. Uh running backs. I'm gonna go with Tyler Algier for the Falcons. Uh he is twenty first ranked going into the week. The Chargers are the thirty first defense against the run. He did pretty well catching the ball last week for the Falcons. Caleb Huntley was the leading rusher, but Algiers still involved as a pass catcher. I think he should be all right, especially as the 21st uh, ranked running back. I, I see him finishing higher than that. So that's my pick. All right. Let me see where we're at here. Who's... Playing the Rams. The Bucks. I'll take Leonard Fournette. Alright. Take Leonard Leonard Fournette. Leonardo Fournette. Let's see, what is he ranked for this week? Hopefully bad, because the Buccaneers are bad. Um uh, Where is he? If you can't find him, that's real good for me. He can't be that far down. What am I missing right now? Oh, there he is. Uh, Yeah, he's 12th, 13th, somewhere down there. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely potential to finish in the top 10. Um, He's only projected 13.7, which is weird. Uh, He's the ninth running back in fantasy right now. So, yeah, good pick. Uh... My receiver, I'm going with Christian Kirk playing against the Raiders. He's the 19th ranked receiver. Uh, the Raiders suck, so I think uh, I think Jacks. I think I, yeah, I picked Jacksonville to win that game, and I think Christian Kirk has a good day. All right, I'm going to take a look here. Who I think. Let's just see. Who's playing this team? And who's on the team playing them? Um, that ain't going to happen. What's another one? While you're looking, I'll go over my tight end. All right, go ahead. My tight end, I'm going with Taysom Hill. He's the 14th ranked tight end. It's Monday Night Football. I, I just am assuming they're going to pull some trick play with him and, and he's going to run in a touchdown or throw a touchdown. I'm just guessing touchdown some way. Um, so that's why I'm going with him. 
Who? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Oh, Taysom Hill. Yeah. Nice. I think I, I, he'll probably throw one, but at the very least, he's going to end up in the end zone somehow. That makes sense to me. I could see that. No. Tight end's tough because uh, most of them are bad. I'm going to throw a. Uh, is, is Tony playing this week? Uh, for the, the Chiefs? Bears. Chase Claypool? Sorry, Chase Claypool. Is he playing this week? Yeah, I think I saw today on Twitter they said he is playing. All right, then I'm going to take Chase Claypool. Against the Dolphins? Mm hmm. All right, well, where is he ranked right now, I wonder? He's probably, yeah, I know he's low. Can't be great. Uh, yeah, he's only projected eight points. So, I mean, he is super low. So, I, I he, he should get more than eight points. I, I, I like that. I like that pick. <laughs> um, as far as tight ends go, um, I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. All right. I hope so, because I drafted him in way too many leagues. Kyle Pitts, I know he's probably ranked high just because he's Kyle Pitts, but the Chargers defense is fourth worst, fifth worst against the pass. He is seventh. So, so I mean, he's not – that's a good – yeah. The problem with tight end is, like, after you get past Kelsey and Andrews, everyone else is just a, a shot in the dark. Like, literally, I just I was just looking so I was curious. For the year, Travis Kelsey in our league has 153 points. Mark Andrews has 128. Dallas Goddard, who's played an extra game, has 107. Zach Ertz, 98. Taysom Hill, 89. 70 points separating Kelsey and Hill, which is the first and the fifth tight end. That's stupid. Like, that's ridiculous. The position is so just crazy out of balance. Let me throw another one at you if you don't want to give me Pitts as a seventh. What's Higby on the list? Uh, Higby is actually higher. He is fifth. Oh, okay. I'll well, give you Pitts. I'll, I mean, like I said, it's like Pitts at seventh, he's projected 10 points. I mean, and then there's just a bunch of other tens and nines and stuff. Like, I mean, you could go farther down if you wanted to, but I mean, I'm yeah. At this point, with tight end, I really if, thought Higby would be lower than Pitts. That's crazy. If if Pitts actually hits his ten points, that's a that's a damn win in my opinion at tight end. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we shall see what happens in Week Nine. We've got our picks out there. I over four last week, so odds are better that I will be better than this week. <laughs> But uh, I just want to throw this out there real quick. Just everybody out there, if you're not following us on Twitter, you can follow us at Coffin Corners. You can follow us on TikTok at Coffin Corner Podcast. I have got a lot of TikTok ideas that I have not put forth. Um, we've had a massive hangover from Richie's massive TikTok over there. It's You know, honestly, it's it's a lot of pressure to try to follow that one up. Because yeah. the last TikTok I released after that one only got like three views. So I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, well, I don't want to do it anymore. I, I know. I'm peaked, like, man, it's right? a lot of pressure. I got to, I got to like plan and think of stuff. And 
I think I have it. Makes you nervous. I think I have at least six TikTok sounds saved on on the on our (laughs) account for me to make TikToks with. So I'll probably do that this week. So go check out us on TikTok, Coffin Corner Podcast. You can now find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Coffin Corner. We now have the at Coffin Corner um, tag on YouTube, so you can find us very easily there. And uh, as previously mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, you can find us at discord.me slash Coffin Corner. And uh, that's where you can find us on all the socials. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it this far, we've managed to do two hours and 45 minutes. So thank you for listening this long. I wanted to uh, mention to Richie, let's see if we can get it to an hour and 45 minutes this week. Uh, we managed to get the 45 minute mark only an hour yeah. later than I thought. So, you know, that happens, but whatever. I've had fun, so I don't care. I was going to say, I mean, we, we got into a lot of player safety, the, the trade <laughs> deadline. I mean, we, we covered a lot of bases. Like, hey, you, a lot you, of you things know, covered here. So, yeah. if you, we could keep going, too. Like, I mean, we literally had to, just, had to start hurrying up just to keep listen, us under three listen, hours. <laughs> listen in chunks over the days, and you'll be good. So, um, yeah. thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been episode 12. Um, I can't believe we're 12 episodes in. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, dude, we'll see what happens this weekend and we'll be back again next week. Yes, sir. Well, thank you everybody for sticking with us and, and uh, hope you all had some fun and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, man. This is a, uh, this has been a blast. Good times for sure. We will be back for more good times next week. Until then, everybody, we will see you later. Bye everyone.